Dave here from Squawking Dead. Just wanted to say a couple things before you guys dug into the podcast. Uh, For one thing, in case you didn't know, before we premiere our episodes on our streaming channels, and if you want to catch those streaming channels, we actually stream our podcasts via video on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, and Periscope, aka Twitter streaming. Uh, and you can actually follow us on any of those channels uh, by heading to squawkingdead.com. And we have all of our social media links on the right or streaming channels on the right. Uh, I highly recommend you do that. And if you do, when you do, uh, make sure to turn on all notifications because you'll get to know when we premiere our episodes, uh, when we decide to record. Um, and speaking of recording, we, um, you know, if you want to be a part of them, you can just follow us on ko-fi.com slash squawking dead. Uh, just follow us there. You don't have to support the podcast to know what's going on in the, in the backgrounds, behind the scenes, uh, to know when one of our unedited episode recordings show up for our supporter, our, our coffee backers. Um, and at least you'll be in the know. And if you decide to drop uh, a coffee and uh, support the podcast, uh, you'll at least, you know, you'll be able to get that supported back content for 30 days and if you subscribe to coffee obviously the party just keeps on rolling but um the reason why i mention that is because uh one thing that's not going to show up in this podcast is i usually do an intro prior to the premiere uh just to kind of announce it you know notify everybody if there's anything that had popped up post recording or uh, to notify anybody of any technical difficulties we had during the podcast or even just some news that broke just after recording that I wanted to include in the streaming video. Um, so, I mean, if you don't watch us there, um, that's fine. But in this case, I highly recommend uh, you guys watch the at least the first 10 minutes when we premiere this episode because, uh, first of all, it's, it's Christmas and we wanted to wish you guys a, a Merry Christmas. And I guess I'm doing that now right here, but... Uh, I show up in a onesie and uh, Rachel actually shows up with me, which which is kind of like the first time we've ever done that where we've had anyone other than me premiering these episodes. And the reason why is that I sent her a present and she unwraps it during this intro. And I I wanted you guys to catch it. I'm going to leave a link to that YouTube video in the description so you guys can check that out at your leisure. Uh, It is episode 100 part three. And uh, take care, take take a look at it. Uh, I hope you have fun with it. It's our way of saying thanks and wishing you cheer and happy holidays into a better new year. So uh, I, that's pretty much it. Uh, the only thing that I wanted to add to that is that uh, during the podcast, whether you're watching on video or audio, there's a bit of a drift between Rachel and the rest of us. Um, It is part of the recording, unfortunately, and it wasn't, it sounds like we're talking over her during the podcast as the pot, the further along the audio moves on, you'll notice that we're stepping on Rachel's vocals a lot and it's not intentional. We're not trying to talk over her. The recording just happened to drift our vocals further and further apart until like, it looked like we were stepping on each other's, um, uh, well, stepping on each other vocally. So uh, we're not trying to be rude to her. It's, it's just how the recording came out. It, it, it gets especially bad near the end. So uh, just be wary of that as we move on. And, it, you know, just <laughs> we're not being rude to Rachel. We value her dearly and we love her so much. Case in point, if you watch the video, you'll see how much. 
So without further ado, here's episode 100, part three, our best clips covering The Walking Dead season nine. Our Squawking Dead, a podcast pulverizing episodes of the Walking Dead universe. Sometimes we give you news, sometimes we make you laugh, and sometimes we go deep. And all of that will be exhibited in today's part three of our best clips of Squawking Dead coverage of the Walking Dead season nine. And I'm here with me, <laughs> David Cameo, and Cosmo on zero nine, Rachel Burt, <laughs> and Nisa. W-T-F Nisa. Hey. You can't see her, but she's there. Yeah, I'm a boss. We're going to start playing the best clip that we had from our episode covering uh, The Walking Dead Season 9, Episode 1, Season Premiere. Uh, it's our Episode 31. Who, did, who picked these clips? I don't remember. Um, it was mostly me. Okay. I think. I, 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 yeah, I, don't, I think I had some <clears throat> of the later episodes. I had Carol choose the episodes where it was just me alone, you know, live streaming. Um, so, so that, yeah, point. so she could give me a little bit more perspective on what mattered, you know? Uh-huh. Because I won't. I really won't. I'm just, I'll just hear me <laughs> well, rambling. I mean, you have an idea of, yeah, you'll have an idea and, and then she'll have an idea. Yeah, but I want to get the one that matters most to most people. That's the thing. Like, I can just pick what matters to me or what I think is cool. But, like, <laughs> if, it, if nobody else thinks it's cool, what's the point? Because most of the things I say aren't, like, necessarily cool. <laughs> just, oh, I think they're cool. <laughs> Maybe somebody else will think no. they're cool, too. Isn't that, you know, 90% of conversation, you say what you think is cool? Yeah, it's true. Either it lands or it doesn't. But, you know, marketing is a whole other fucking beast. <laughs> so, right? Yeah. All right, let's, let's watch the first clip. I think that all, all right. this is hinting of the helicopter, which obviously, like, came up last season. Like, Kevin did get seen this helicopter, and it's now even in the opening credits, you know, the new opening credits, and it's the helicopter. So, in my, you know me, in my mind, I'm convinced that the helicopter is part of the Commonwealth that is in the comics, that's part of Georgie's oh, group. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that is essentially, it's like... part of the background of the new, the, the key art. Yeah, yeah. It's a fraction of the, the, the Commonwealth was basically like a fraction of the government that sort of survived the populace. And it's like a huge, thriving community with like, you know, like actual community, like practically city-state kind of thing. They've got like coffee shops, you know, like they're doing good, you know? And like, basically, you know, to me, yeah, I would think that something like, I mean, in the comic book, it's not in Washington, D.C. proper. It's more like in the Midwest. I think it's like in Ohio or something like that. But anyway, I don't know. I mean, to me, it's like, it makes sense that it would be more Washington, D.C. based because you know what I always said in my mind if shit hit the fan tomorrow under Washington D.C. the mother of all bunkers exists I'm convinced of that they probably have like a city state underneath with like coffee shops and stadiums and all sorts of stuff like in my mind well yeah yeah you're just your obsession with coffee and which we got in Fear the Walking Dead <laughs> by the way was a lower end version but it's no puree oh, the poison oh, coffee <laughs> the poison water in the Listen, coffee I'm getting, I, I might potentially be like stepping down from my so you know it's not the end all be all uh, <laughs> well no no we're growing up you know it's like it's not college, it's not post-college anymore yeah we're, we're grinding our own beans we're not single yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's sophisticated so when carol said there was a bunker under washington dc she means in real life 
Like I, I like, think a little bit of both. Yeah, things. but I think she also means that okay. there better be <laughs> there better be in this universe <laughs> a mother of all bunkers. It makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense, though. I mean, if there's you know tragedy on the surface of the earth, go underground. Right, yeah. exactly. But then again, you can prepare for that. I bet there there's like bunker that goes underneath the entire city. Oh yeah, that's like an underground city. Exactly, another an underground DC. But here's how these things go, right? Like you say that now, but then like let's say five years later, or well, I guess we're not there yet. But well, no, but we will be. Um, it could easily go this way, and that's what happens is that underground bunker becomes like this underground legend of zelda you know dungeon le dungeon level because you just get one outbreak one little bite and if you don't lock down properly it's that's just it's just this it's a treasure trove so like literally literally like a legend of zelda dungeon so you, you open treasure boxes full of goods and weapons and and technology and everything so but but you know with, with not without high risk you know armored individuals and stuff like that they're hard yeah. to kill. why that's why i would go somewhere else most people would think to go you know like oh, i'm gonna go to dc obviously i would if i don't go to area 51 i'm just gonna <laughs> go i'm gonna choose like some air force base like a, not ground. a big one yeah not a big one like some place like uh, most people are not gonna think about it so you know i'm heading for an island yeah well before i go to an island i got i got a raid like a military base for supplies so gonna sure. gotta get all the, all the weapons and military so supplies then go to an island. You know, you gotta gather military rations. If there really was an underground bunker under DC, you know damn well who'd have all their spots down there at <laughs> yeah. all the rich. Yeah, I guess so. And you know, I always imagined if you're gonna do something like Five. if you're always gonna do something like uh, underground or like in a facility, I always thought, look, when you go to sleep, you're gonna have to lock everybody in, you know, just in case somebody passes away at night or you know, something some shenanigans happen at night. I always think of that because like, you know, the prison was actually kind of an ideal place depending on how they ran it. If they had locked everyone in the cells, yes. It but here's the, here's the folly. What you ready for it? Um, what if the person or people responsible for opening up the cells somehow die or get run over? So, so you put it on a oh timer god that's provide providing we still have power or someone smart enough <clears throat> to hook up a generator to get enough power to set them on or okay let's go the other way around let's say the locks are on the inside <laughs> how about better we we just have keys to yeah, our we own <laughs> yeah we each have keys for the inside a zombie's not gonna open yeah. the door and let themselves out and so. it's good for privacy but a human so, exactly. yeah, I, that's a that's a better, much better idea than timer. yeah a possible zombie uh <laughs> zombie like uh what a, a zombie prison basically yeah. yeah i wanted to go to the nature of carol's comments because there's some things she's spot on about but then there's other things that she didn't expect because it wasn't fully fleshed that she was a little off about we bring this up a little later in the season as we kind of hear murmurs of what may happen the assumption based on the comics is that this group of people is ubiquitous and i had the prediction of like i don't think that's a possible and b um i think this is going to be broken up into factions and then we find out later on this little symbol of the baromian rings the the three the three rings interlocking that that is kind of the case we don't 
100% know exactly what's going on, but we do know that there is possibly what is called the Commonwealth, which is essentially maybe Georgie's group. And we do see, we finally did get the first look or like a, a tiny sneak teaser into um, what the remaining seasons of The Walking Dead is. And then you see, you see, like barely see the Commonwealth uniforms. Did you see that? It is white and it does look garish. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, what clip? What, what? No, what clip were you talking about? Uh, there was a teaser. Did no, there was a teaser that was posted just last week. Teaser. And, and oh, it's, okay. at the yeah. very okay. end of it, okay, okay, okay. You, you do see no, the Commonwealth uniform of, of them, uh, like in a side profile, like in the position. It, and yeah. you see the white with a little bit of red. Yeah, exactly. We didn't think that it was going to look like that. And it also confirms that right. the Civic Republic military is not the commonwealth they are not the same things they may be part of one of the two of the three rings but they're not the same thing yeah and so essentially maybe the commonwealth as the commonwealth maybe they do have that bunker maybe they do live large etc etc maybe the civic Pacific republic military is somewhat like that too and what from what we've seen of the walking dead world beyond it might be but it remains to be seen. But I'm, I'm happy that Carol brought this up way in advance because it's kind of yeah. cool. It's kind of cool to hear. Carol is like loving the idea of a community living in convenience, the height of convenience. There's stores, there's coffee shops. I mean, that is essentially how the Commonwealth. We're in coffee. You know, when they take people, when they take people in, they they basically assign you a job according to what you did. Oh, your, yeah. Your status determined is, by. Um, measured by yeah what you did before the apocalypse so for example when michonne shows she's, up at the commonwealth and says well yeah. i'm a lawyer she's very high up on that totally immediately immediately right immediately i mean there was no starting here and climbing up you know they're just like oh you were a lawyer you you deserve your own apartment with also you. like they emulate the status yeah. too not only the job yes. yes so here's the thing like yes. what's interesting to me is that from our discussions of the last two parts of our coverage of our episode 100 multi-part series um one of the things that we highlight over and over again is that like in in a sense the walking dead universe as a whole the idea that we like the most about it is that these people tend to become their idealized selves or self-actualized self rather than before where you know they could have been stuck in a dead-end job and you know couldn't be the person they felt like they were on the inside you know and so look at the guy right he's, a good example. he's like the extreme example yeah. and rick is kind of this weird flux examples by right. contrast but when you talk about the commonwealth and oh you're just well if this is what you were before this is what you are now and it's like oh i can see how that might butt heads with many people you know yeah i mean how many people are working at jobs that that they're too good or, for? you know this person is working a you know like you said a dead-end job but there's right exactly so much more and in an apocalypse right and here you, there's just no there's no meritocracy or or no, capitalism Gerald <laughs> didn't have the best life before right. the apocalypse and you know now he's a leader and has a family and life's gotten better for him yeah <laughs> i mean when you see him in season nine or at least the beginning of it he's this is why i was like a little critical of him in our last part it was like um he's still kind of growing up there's still like this like i don't wanna you know like that sort of thing which is what i was kind of trying to trying to express the in the other episode like i and i was kind of like rolling my eyes at it in, in a weird way like it's nice that he's standing up for himself so he's like a teenager now right but but it's like right he's like i don't wanna like you know flipping the hair back <laughs> like but but it, but you know by season 10 like you start to see oh i'm an adult now 
and I have these interesting needs that I'm now mature about, maybe with Connie. Uh, just kidding. Okay, so uh, no, so I could, again, so to, to go back to the original point, it's like you see that this could ideologically butt heads with people who've been free for ten years. So I guess well, that's and this is the thing that I'm eager, most eager to see play out actually how this plays out and how it rubs people the wrong way oh and it will. all right so let's move on to the next clip maggie's basically kind of taming the horse when uh, michonne shows up and um so let's talk know. about that what do you think about that because that was pretty I cool. that was a, yeah i think that was kind of metaf- uh, a metaphor to be honest that's my favorite clip breaking a horse or is breaking it called, is it called breaking in? yeah oh, no, it's called breaking a horse yeah is it bra- breaking a horse specifically that's what it's called yeah i, I wouldn't want to be caught saying breaking in a horse because that, <laughs> that could be bad yeah. <laughs> true true don't yeah. mess with livestock yeah. yeah but basically i mean like you a have wild to- horse yeah. yeah, Michonne shows up and, and essentially Maggie's, you know, teaming or breaking a, a wild horse. And um, I mean, you can interpret that to mean many things based on the, the circumstances as they are. You know, if you had to like pick um, one of those things that kind of just jumps out at you. What would you choose? Like, what would you think? I mean, just the fact that you, you she chose to execute Gregory and redeem the blacksmith or, or jail him and think that he is redeemable. So here she is basically with this horse and, and taming this horse because even though it is a quote-unquote wild horse she feels that this horse can be tamed and be a useful member to them damn i, wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought of that honestly really but really but that's cool thought. though because i like getting these different takes because i'm kind of agreeing with you <laughs> like more like that was that, for me that's how i interpreted it. i was like because you're doing the same thing with with uh, um earl that's his name i think earl oh yeah um, you know you you basically jailed him because at the end of the day it's like this guy is your blacksmith he builds a lot of the tools that you used in, in your in your circumstances in order to basically farm and, and produce the agriculture that you have. So he is a useful member of your society. He's very useful. And weapons. Um, Gregory, not so much. I mean, let's be honest here. You know, he, he's not. Yeah. So yeah. at the end of the day, like, you know, that's part of it too. It's like, you know, are they redeemable? Like, potentially? And then we come to find out that she really tries to understand more about Earl's circumstances and knowing what she knows about her own life in terms of her father, you know, Herschel and all of that, it kind of helps inform her even further to know, like, this is a guy who can be a redeemable member of society. Oh, yeah. I'll definitely get to that one, too, because there's there's two parts to even that. But Mm -hmm. (laughs) Basically, an interesting tidbit from that conversation with Michonne and and Maggie is that Mm. Maggie's been waiting for her ethanol, which apparently never arrived. Well, but no, but I wanted to mention one thing about the horse, though. Mm -hmm. Or two things, rather. Mm -hmm. One is my first thought was, well, my first thought after you mentioning that was like okay wait what about what if maggie's the horse and she's just taming herself that's deep right (laughs) now the one thing i actually did want to bring up that was you know it is the horse scene gives you a sense of stepping back because if you think about it look at season two or i think it's season four later right on herschel's farm Uh, yes season two was the farm it was the farm season right she's on horses they they do also the callback she's riding Mm -hmm. north going on horses so it's what we knew of her like they they did this on the farm you know so it, it brings back a little that season two vibe some of that familiarity it kind of gives you a fifty thousand foot view of maggie like it's so easy as we go through any series to kind of forget who these people were originally like or, season as you go, nine seasons in you're like okay these people go grow and change and they the actors to make certain choices um about the person's character that f- sometimes feels like they're not like the character that they were when we first f- started out and so to add 
add that scene with her breaking the horse, it kind of lets you take a huge, humongous step back and see Maggie for all the parts that she's ever, um, like all the pieces of her that she's ever portrayed throughout the series. And it kind of gives you like this this bird's eye view of, of her as a character on the whole. Do you know what I mean? Like that's, and that's kind of why you f- you see a lot of these people who say, oh, you know, this gives me season one vibes, this gives me you know, early right. season vibes, because they're making a deliberate attempt to kind of step into their their perceived roles from the start of the series, like what how people saw them from the beginning, and then adding all the other stuff that came after you know, as well. So obviously Maggie is still the way she, who she is by the time she talks to Michonne, but like it gives you the opportunity to take a step back and, and remember the Maggie from before, you know, that sort of thing. Right, right, right. Right. So, um, yeah, that's all. I mean, that's mostly what I thought. And obviously the horse being her, like her tamping down her emotions just for, because the whole purpose is not to punish the horse. The, the whole purpose is to kind of get it to comply so that they can have cooperation this sort of thing. So, yeah. yeah. So that could be her, like cooperating with the better half of her, you know. Or not the better. Let's not say better. So, yeah. So this, her breaking that horse happened uh, well after her just flat out murdering saviors. Or so you mean savior, Gregory? Or so no? I like. No, no, no. When they. Oh when they yeah. Well, this is yeah. Well after yeah. When they had all the saviors penned up, and she just right, and she just blew them right out. So I I picked that clip because of what you said about her taming herself. You know, she's getting a little bit out of control. And I mean, I picked this clip for a lot of reasons. I just I felt like it was loaded with with you know yeah. symbolism. Um, we didn't know at the time, but I also now looking back and listening to it and remembering the clip, now I almost feel like it's a foreshadowing of her death as well, because they're forcing us to go back and... Death or leaving the show, um, or like, you mean like... her from the beginning. Or, or, oh, okay, or, 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 okay. Her, her exit, her exit, I'm sorry. Yeah. In, in what her, way, though? Her exit. Well, they're the writers, and the, they're forcing us to go back and remember when we first met her, you know? And so they want us to remember this character as a whole and say, you know, yeah, you know who she is now. We've seen what she's been doing now. But don't forget, you know, she was this little girl that grew up on a farm and just, you know, worked with horses and she was just a little farm girl. Right. And so you're, you're basically saying, oh, listen, here's uh, Maggie's life flashing before your eyes. And so, okay, just remember that because she's going away. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Exactly. Yeah. And then two, three that's episodes later, yeah. she's gone. That's a, that's, a, that's a really good take. It's an, which is another, is like one, two, and three is an additional take. Yeah, especially because anyone could be doing that, you know, anyone could be there. She was the leader. Anyone else could be there trying to tame the horse, but it was Maggie doing that. Would anybody be capable, though? Who else would be oh, Jesus. Doing that, though? Which he does, by the way. Yeah, Not, yet. Dead or Not yet. Jesus oh, you're saying later on. Oh, yeah. oh, I thought you meant now in this time period that we're discussing. What? Oh, no. Oh, this is only season two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, She's no, still here. Jesus is still alive. <laughs> you think he could break it? You think? Well, I mean, essentially what, what he what? does is he kind uh, of tries to, ch- he kind of pulls a Morgan a little bit. He tries to channel Maggie. I don't think he succeeds 100%, but I think he does get her to recognize what he's about to do, what she's about to do. Like, essentially, like... I think it takes a really... I, I think it's a, a specific kind of person that can break a horse. Are you, do you mean literally or, like, metaphorically? He would be able to... Oh, okay. I mean literally. <laughs> I he thought you were being... I thought you were being metaphorical. No. No. No, not at all. I mean legitimate, literally breaking the horse. I think Maggie's the only one capable of actually breaking a horse. But maybe I'm wrong. That's why I said, who else... 
who else is there that that would be capable of the, there was and there was the the boy who died when they were on, Ken? when they went to the to the capital uh, i don't remember his name yeah Ken. yeah when they went to the capital ken was which is earl sutton's so it's ken sutton it was earl sutton's son honestly yeah yeah, right. oh, they, yeah but yeah, i remember that did. they said you know that he, he he liked taking care of the horses and he was really good at them and uh, he was really good at it and he was a hilltop i remember that so oh yeah okay. you know what you saying because you know he you saying that right he tries like to save the horses right right before he dies and the, you know they mentioned that so what's 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 interesting about what you're saying though is right. also is that enough. with ken gone maggie steps in and and does yeah, his job never, for him true. yeah that's that's especially because she's player. the one who's blamed she's the one who's blamed for his death right in the on and the atmosphere is you know the atmosphere yeah. was um that you know gregory was playing on those you know attitudes of like you know oh she's blamed for killing kenneth because rick wants a unified community and he told hilltop to send their delegation and blah blah, blah. and so maggie's stepping in where you know normally she probably wouldn't but nobody else like you said can break the horse that's so that's a fourth layer yeah that's another fourth layer of analysis wow which is rare yeah right <laughs> thanks rach <laughs> <laughs> all right let's move on Rick gets into the room michonne has this like little smudge on her arm this okay. is like, did, you, did you notice that she has like this little smudge of something on her arm no i didn't catch that and she makes a distinct kind of effort to kind of you know lick her thumb and like wipe it off and i'm like wondering to myself what the, why is that in the scene like why is this little i mean i was thinking okay it's probably drool or something but it looks sticky or something. i don't know why i think of these things <laughs> I, I always think of these little things like do you remember the blue paint the, okay, remember what jade was painting in blue in the heaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I compared it to the blue handprint of of, of um, Carl. Well, and yeah. On the, I mean, on the I know what you're saying. When they highlight something, you do imagine that it must mean something. Yeah, and I really wanted to ask somebody about that, but the, but then there's this the scene like this. It's like, well, couldn't they have just yelled "cut" or something? Or so you know what I mean? It's like one of those things where like <laughs> just did it to the scene over again. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, with, without the smudge on the arm, I know it's really weird. That's what I do. This is me on the show. This is how I. <laughs> operate you know so it's fine yeah i don't know he, he comes in she cares like okay whatever <laughs> he doesn't see it as he walks in so i don't know maybe she was masturbating anyway so let's move on <laughs> i think that's <laughs> no no michelle oh doesn't masturbate no oh i <laughs> That was my question. I picked that clip because Dave, you and I were on. Really? We were on the exact same wavelength. I yeah. You did. I didn't freak out, but I was like, "What is this?" Eric will attest to this because she's like doing this. Okay, my version of freaking out, and and Eric will tell you. And I said the same thing. Like she had like something on her arm, and she like wipes it off real quick. And it was so it was so fast. And I looked at Eric, and I'm like, "Did you see that? Did you see that? Did you see her wipe that off her arm? Did you see something on her arm?" And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, of course. He didn't even see it. <laughs> and I'm like, they would. That, that has to mean something. It has to mean something. She didn't just that. That wasn't just deny wiping her arm. That was Michonne, right? Hiding something from Rick. It was a pregnancy <laughs> test. <Yeah>. Oh. <laughs> 
So I was, I, no. It wasn't though. You, Maybe though. We, I said you I, remember when I saw. Name, right? No, no. I what I when I saw, I thought it was blood. It is blood. That right after that, if it might be the next episode. <gasps> oh. That Michonne goes out in the middle of the night. Oh. Oh yeah. I I thought I thought, I thought you know it was what. Blood. I, I, you know, because, you know, there's this whole it vibe. It was freak, not clear. And, you know, not, she's not like, she's not like yeah. killing or putting down walkers or whatever. She's bored. So there's blood sneaking out to, you know, and, and it'll, we'll learn later on that, yeah, that's what she's doing. I'm like, oh, cool. Yep. <laughs> okay. She's going out. You do realize, by the way, sessions. you do realize <laughs> that all this time until you just said it just now i still didn't know what it was <laughs> did, you, did you know that <laughs> just, no. you, oh look at that because you have so to understand something like, it didn't to me look like blood if it did i'd be like hey remember the episode of the, the last episode when michelle was wiping the smudge from her arm yeah yeah <laughs> It's not. It's not that it looked like blood to me. It's just that my first thought was, "Is that blood? Like, what? What else would she be trying to hide?" I'm, I'm, Rick, other I'm just blood. an utter pervert. Like, oh, something. <laughs> so I'm thinking like bodily fluids. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm. I'm thinking it's weird that I didn't go there. This clip is going to be titled "When Nisa Gets Serious and Dave get, Dave Turns Into a Low Down Dog." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, sweet, sweet cheeks. Chip, okay, please. let's move on because listening to this clip over and over again, I realize how embarrassed I am about even bringing this up. <laughs> you see my face just now. I'm like, oh my god, I'm just, I can't listen to myself. My pedantic conspiracy theorist head. But I'm, I'm glad that I wasn't the only one. So thank you. I really appreciate that. I do feel a lot now better. You know. <laughs> and knowing's half the battle. The words Rick used when he was telling Daryl, um, Carl. Carl can't die, you know. Carl, uh, Carl can't die for nothing. Like Carl died for nothing. That those are the exact words that Megan used when he was choking on his own blood. Right, right, yeah. And Carl died for nothing, you know. And boom, but mm -hmm. yeah, I just, I just love how those were the exact words. Um, yeah, no, that's true. that Daryl uses when he talks to Rick Carl, in the pit. Though, is that? Like, is I don't that, think it's like letting Carl grow. It's like let go of this like mission, like creating like an ideal world, like because Carl wanted that an ideal world doesn't exist. Mm. Do you agree with that? Because part of me, yeah. couldn't, I couldn't let it go. I just like I wouldn't be able to. I mean, don't let go of the memory of your son, but don't try to build a monument to something that doesn't exist anymore. Maybe it's like a Moses situation. Like if you think about it, like obviously we can move towards that goal, but maybe you're not. Not the one that gets to do it. Maybe. I mean, you can try to move towards that goal, but I don't think that an ideal community where everybody gets along is feasible. It's not feasible without it being an apocalypse. Like, <laughs> oh man, oh. but not to get political. <laughs> Stretch. <laughs> I think it's more feasible in the apocalypse. I mean, you know, like-minded people, right? But, right, right. Like, if you think about it, with, with the rest, and it's kind of to Rick's point. It's kind of like when the rest of the world is. And this, this is true in wartime as well. Well, like, have you noticed that, like, when there's a war going on, like a real war, not like these fake wars that we're fighting, but like, but like a, like a war, not to get political, everybody kind of drops their own mental health issues and whatever it is, and they kind of they rally and they do what they need to do. They don't think about their own problems, but like in peacetime, everybody has, needs a therapist. Everybody's doing their thing. It's not like a boomer. You know, now that there's nothing like no singular focus, you know, people look at themselves and they look at their life's purpose and they realize they don't have one. And so, mm -hmm. 
<clears throat> like my mom and I used to have these conversations, by the way, like when, when I was younger, because my mom, my mom escaped from Syria when um, she was 20 mm. in America. She told me the whole thing. I didn't know the extent of how she escaped Syria until, until like um, the last 10 years. And like, I've gotten bits and pieces along the way. Like she went to the, like she got smuggled by this one dude and they, you know, they went to Lebanon and they, the thing dropped her off in the square and they took her to the synagogue in the middle of the night. And then they had to go to the pan at the airport and they had to hide in a meat truck. And then it's this whole thing on the, on the runway they had to fly to France to fly back to Israel. And, and it's the whole thing. And the end of the story is like, like we talked about like she, cause the whole context of that um, is that she was trying to tell me like, you guys, you, you don't have like, you don't have um, purpose. And you know, it's like, I, I, you know, when I was your age, you know, I had to take care of my brother and sister and blah, blah, blah. And like, then I, I use the argument. I'm like, well, you know, you had to deal with what you had to deal with. And it's like, I don't because of you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, now we have our own problems because in those times, it's kind of like you have, um, you know, you have this thing that you need to do and it kind of, it kind of um, keeps you on the straight and narrow. And, and when you don't and you have all the freedom in the world, you have too many, you have choices now. And now you have to, now you can look at yourself. Now you have self-reflection. Mm-hmm. So the whole thing is kind of like, you know, to kind of compare it to the show, it's kind of like, you know, when you start to realize who the real enemy is, like, you know, food, you know, lack of food, um, the environment, walkers, natural disasters, lack of resources, stuff like that. Those are your enemies. And mm-hmm. so that should be enough to kind of keep people together. But then, you know, it's it's kind of like, it's not enough. And then we start hanging Gregory's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, getting drunk and, and hitting and knocking babies out of strollers. <laughs> yeah, it gets ugly. It gets ugly out there. Yeah, I mean, the point I was essentially trying to illustrate is that like, it should be enough. But it seems to not be. And which is what uh, Daryl Dixon is saying to Rick. He's saying, yeah, it's 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 the center cannot hold, but you're pretending like it's going to. And yeah. so, which is, and you can hear me like not wanting to let go. Like I'm not wanting to let go of Carl's vision. I'm the holdout, but I have to concede at some point. <laughs> I think the idea of this perfect world is unrealistic, but why not right. try, right? At least try. That would be... That would be my opinion. And people would be going, it's never going to happen. And it's never going to happen. And, I, and I'd say, you know what? Maybe not. Yeah, Fear the Walking Dead could do Why it. Why not try? <laughs> 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 well, and you don't know if right. something's going to fail then, until you try. And then it fails. So, you know, everybody's saying. Yeah, same. I mean, you don't bail out. Nobody I mean, knows. I guess depending on the circumstances, but you, you see your thing to the end, you know, or, you know, when you see that it's not going to pan out the way you think it is, which is the thing. Which I think is what Daryl is saying is like, look, you have to look at the cracks. The cracks are there. And if we don't take the pressure off of it or if we don't figure out a way to, to reverse it, you know, what you're trying to do is going to break everybody. You know, it's like it's like if you continue with this project, everyone's going to suffer. Meanwhile, if we figure out another way, if we take a step back, you know, maybe we can save, you know, a majority of people. And then, you know, what happens in episode five kind of does end up hurting a large margin of people. Sucks. Like, what's what was her name? Nicole Barre, who played not Beatrice. Beatrice is Brianna Venskis. I'm trying to remember her name on the show. But she dies in episode five. She falls on Andrew Lincoln as her as her death, as her zombiness. I can't I can't remember. Yeah, she becomes a walker. Yeah, she's a walker. Uh, Nicole Barre. Yeah. Oh no. So sad. And then she like left Instagram for like a year and a half or something. Yeah. Did you know that about my mom? Like uh, my mom. Escape Syria. There's a whole oh, community. You, you, mentioned, you mentioned that once. 
this was maybe it. <laughs> I mentioned. Yeah, I think that was it. <laughs> uh, you know, I think we maybe I mentioned it in the AMA. I think too. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure, mm-hmm. but I have. I definitely have mentioned it before. Oh um, yeah, you. Mentioned- but yeah, no, my my. Yeah, yeah. Well, because it was literally, I think, a year beforehand, she told me some of the more details, like, like she and a bunch of other people sitting on stools in the back of a semi, uh, like a like a freezer truck, like a meat truck, um, on the runway of a Pan Am flight, and they had to wait there and wait and wait until they're about to fly, Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden, some guy goes, "Come on, come on, come on, let's go," and they'd smuggle them into the plane in, in Lebanon, in the airfield in Lebanon. And then they would take their seats and stuff like that. And you can only imagine the people like, around them going, what the, what's going on? What's going on? And like, they fly to France. This is, and of all places, they're flying to France. You know, then they fly back to Israel. And then my, my, my mom and her brother and sister are settling there. And then eventually my dad sends love letters and she goes to America. And, and my dad is also from Syria, though, too. So he, but he took a different path. You know, he didn't take quite the path my mom took. So my mom, my mom's a badass bitch. I love her. Yeah. Cameron, he's good. As a bee. Essentially, as a bee. <laughs> or as a Jack Bauer. It is fine. This is he's we're talking about. Bauer children. He's for Bauer. Bauer. He was yeah. Jack Bauer. Jesus. But for serious, we, I mean, we find out kind of definitively that a bee is a person and an A yeah. is an it. So it, she kind I of refers to A as an it. I have it. I thought that an A is like a stronger person in a B is sort of like a lesser person and that Rick is a B because he's injured. Yeah. He's not quite an A. That's very classist of you, um, Carol. That's <laughs> like life is all classism. Like whether we like to admit it or not. What if silver was first place, Carol? We, li- we like to <laughs> in society. <laughs> I like to make rules up as I go. Like, yeah, no, we're, we're in the caste system. We just don't know it. I guess. So. I, but it, it, apparently this is so. So. Yeah. I know. Yeah, I, no, I, my reasoning for thinking that is because the conversation that she had with Gabriel episodes before where she tries to convince him to go with her and he refuses and she says, oh, um, all this time I thought you were a B, but you're really an A. Yeah, so, I see what so you're it's, So it's like, okay, so if you thought he was a B, but now he stood up to you, so now that makes him an A, like because he was defiant and like strong, like so now he's an A. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I'm guessing that like, I don't know. I mean, I could be totally wrong, but it's like human trafficking. That's what's going on. It boils down to something very illegal. It boils down to like human trafficking. Cloning people. It is what it is. Slavery. Look, it is what, no, it's not slavery. They're living like kings. You don't know what's going on. They're living like kings. Maybe that's the currency in whatever this is. People is the currency. Soil and greed. Anyway, that, see, the, the two things that, that confound us the most are A versus B. <laughs> And wh- where are we in the timeline? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, no. Uh, there are timelines. <laughs> oh, timelines. You said it. I'm triggered. <laughs> hashtag, hashtag triggered. Hashtag timelines. <laughs> I have for a long time, though, agreed with um, what Carol said. Me too. And, and it's mostly because of the conversation between Jadis and yeah. um, Gabe. And the fact that Right before her and Rick got on the helicopter, she said, "I thought I had I have a, a B, a, but I have a B." <laughs> and Rick was injured, and Rick was injured at the time, making him weaker. Or another possible thought was that she yeah. was actually covering for Rick, and maybe that maybe the A's 
meet a terrible end, and she wants to spare Rick from that, so she's going to lie and say he's a bee. Well, that's why. That's why I think was it Negan? When did Jada's and Negan met, or you know, had their thing in season ten, uh, season eight, right? When he was tied up. Okay. I think that was in season eight. Yeah, when she had him tied yeah, up. Yeah, on the uh, on the thing. trolley trolley or whatever. <laughs> Well, it I might have been a gurney, but, gurney, but, but it's not a gurney. Winslow, Winslow 2.0 was on the it's on not, the trolley. No, it's, it's the what's the thing that you lay on? Oh, it's that's a that's a um it's oh, it's a it's a type it's a type of dolly. It you was, know, like it was yeah, those. yeah. That's it, what he was on. And then um the walker was actually chained up to like one of those push dollies, if I remember right. Yeah. Yeah. A collapsible one too, if I remember right. And um, mm-hmm. but uh, but yeah, no, no. And I'm trying to remember this because like Gabe, the, her thing with Gabe, her encounter Gabe was in season nine as they were together, and he follows her and what whatever, etc. And he has that conversation. And the reason why, mm-hmm. when she was talking to them, because he was pl- she was planning to run away and run away with him, is I thought you were an A, uh, B, but it turns out you're an A. Um, what she would do when she would bring Winslow and test these people is that. This was under the assumption that they would be an A, and then they would have like a fresh walker to be able to do tests on. It sounds like to me now, because um, I'm also partially basing this on the Walking Dead World Beyond. Like we, we need to get somebody who was just bit, you know what I mean, and and get them. And see, the thing is, is why sacrifice your own people, right? Why not sacrifice somebody out in the wild mm-hmm. that isn't privileged enough to be in this community, yeah. whom we, you know, were sworn to protect? These people of the future, etc. Right? Yeah. Who was the little jerk from Fear? Oh, that, that was, was Troy. Tests. Um, he was Troy. I knew it was a T. Um, you know, they were shoot killing people and then telling yeah, how he was doing it all on his own to turn. They might be doing the same thing. They might be doing the same thing, testing. Um, you know, strong humans when they turn, That's are a they good point. strong as zombies as well? Or or are they all, or are all zombies? Once you're a walker, is your strength, uh, you know, and your uh, everything the same? Or if you were a strong human, do you... Or is there some resistance? Or is it, you know, like, maybe testing over time, and Jadis is a part yeah. of that testing. Yeah. Or Anne. Ooh. Um, mm-hmm. And she knows. Yeah, so, so A is essentially test subject, doing. and B yeah. is essentially Which a citizen. I mean, I guess it's really what it comes down to. Maybe we solved it. Yeah, probably something like Maybe. that. But wouldn't you want strong people in your? Well, I guess it doesn't really matter. B just means they are they should belong, and A's are people out in the wild. Yeah, because before she, you know, she says, uh, "I thought you were a B, but you're an A." She was basically planning on, you know, asking Gabe to go with her when she thought he was a B. So if he went with her, he would be, he would be accepted there. So if he's exactly as a B, as a B, but right? Then, oh, you're an A. Oh, yeah, shit. But you also have to so, think of them as lab rats too, because. You have to also think of them as lab rats because the like when you talk about mice, the idealized subject, the test mice subject, you want to get in their own environment. You don't want to get like a homegrown mouse. You want somebody that has interaction with the environment, has you know, is a typical you know a a typical mouse in their own environment, you know, left alone, etc. You capture them really quick and you test them. Right. This is the same principle. If you test a bee, somebody who's in a hermetically sealed environment where they're getting feedings and stuff like that, the test might be skewed. And so that's why they don't use their own people, Mm. because they're not out in the wild in the environment where 
theoretically the virus is prevalent you know you're around walkers you've had to kill walkers you know maybe and like you said maybe these people that they're picking out are people who have killed walkers and they've shown that and that's why she's testing them with winslow etc etc you know what i'm saying and so that's why they need to be tested because maybe being around them has some sort of immunity you develop an antibody as we are in a pandemic so and that's why they can't test their own people because they're like behind these walls they're not around them at all anymore so they're not worthy exactly been exposed as much yeah man there are so many so many you know i feel like in this conversation we've gotten closer and they you know i here's the thing i i i get that feeling and then at the same time i'm like no we're totally Totally I hope 100%. so. That's the thing. And, and you know what? The best part about that is <laughs> I am hoping that we are because who wants to, this is the other conversation we used to have. Yeah. Like, who doesn't want to be surprised? Who doesn't that want to be, be surprised? Yeah. But here's the, here's, and here's the crazy thing, right? We say that. And then you have all those people who are like, mm-hmm. oh, fuck, fuck Andrew Chambliss and, and Ian Goldberg. Fuck Fear the Walking Dead season four or five. Fuck season six. I haven't even seen it yet. But it's got Morgan and friends. <laughs> like the idea that like they wanted it to go a certain way. You know, they wanted to be able to predictably have these people in the universe. And it's like, well, I guess somebody had a different plan. And so we don't like that, you know? And I don't blame them. It is a big shift. But like... Yeah, it's a big, tall drink of water. Uh, uh, sorry, it's a tall ask, so. You can survive better, longer, and you can go, you can stay sane when you have a uh, community. And then for, oh, yeah, so this is me by myself covering <laughs> episodes six and seven. <laughs> this is around Thanksgiving oh, time, no. too, just to give you context, I think. So, I actually, I remember, actually, this was the Thursday before, th- or, uh, sorry, the Friday after Thanksgiving because none of us had time to, to record and all that. It was just me and Carol, right? Furthermore, art, you know, things, reasons for living beauty. You know, every, you know, everybody on this show looks really absolutely grimy and ugly, but at the same time, the idea of beauty is kind of a huge thing. Um, beauty is kind of what keeps our societies moving. It's what allows us to keep looking at television shows. It, you know, we don't, you know, it's, it's kind of a weird thing to have to talk about, but when you look at something beautiful or when you appreciate writing that's really great, acting that's really dramatic, you know it keeps you watching and so it's it's things like that you know beautiful things are kind of what keep us going you know in a world where let's just face it all of us have everything what everything that we kind of need right now you know in whatever in, in whatever kind of economic state that you're in i find that usually um like things have never been better than they are now uh barring any uh impending apocalypse you know it's just or an coronavirus so there's just no doubt that in whatever state that you're in beauty is going to have some sort of priority or some sort of importance and yeah maybe it's low on the maslow's hierarchy of needs in the apocalypse but at the same time when you've established your survival well what now you know it can't just be about food and you know and camaraderie it's got to be about art it's got to be you know it's got to be something more this this concept this very concept that comes in in stradivarius that luke brings about is something that is not spoken but is is it, well michonne kind of brings it up a little bit when they're taught when they finally get to alexandria and they have to have a she has to have a talk with rick it's like we get to start planning for the future you're gonna be a daddy no, i'm kidding uh but like the idea of like well you know we've been doing this a long time and I didn't think this was possible and now it is possible and now move to the future and here's luke saying oh it's not only possible but once this becomes a thing we're gonna have to figure out 
you know, ways to keep ourselves, you know, in, enchanted, you know, like to, to, to further cohese community, arts, sciences, demonstrations, bread. Remember we brought up the bread? That's going to come about in season 10 when we cover it. The idea of bread in the apocalypse, why it's important. Think about uh, beauty. I remember, I think it was season one or two at Comic-Con, they asked uh, Sarah Wynn Callis uh, what was like her favorite thing about The Walking Dead, and she said it's not about looking pretty. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in so, a world so that's so that grimy. Like her, yeah, that was like her answer. It's not about looking pretty. Right. <laughs> And everyone looked at her like, oh, yeah, especially, you know, the lady. I think this is true. Especially uh, Daryl Dixon. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except, no, bitch. You don't get to say that because it was good. Oh. oh, man. And yeah, don't get it twisted. Like, when I talk about beauty, I'm not talking about, like, aesthetic as much as I'm talking about, like, art. I'm talking about music and culture. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It's not about like uh, physical beauty. Yeah. It's about the beauty of, you know, like the world. Like right. when we were talking about fear and um, Althea's shapes, it's memories, it's the history, it's music, it's all of it. You know, who are the people that you lose your cool with more? Uh, and I would have to say, it's if, uh, if I'm talking about myself, it's the people you feel close to in terms of blood, in terms of friends. I mean, when your friend does something stupid, it makes you really, really mad because, I mean, in a way, yeah, it does kind of reflect on you, but also it's kind of like, you know, you love them so much, you don't want them to hurt, you don't want them to, to do something that would hurt themselves, and so you get mad at them. It's like, it's like the mom who says, if you do that again, I'll kill you, you know? <laughs> like, well, hold on. I thought you wanted me to say, no, 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 but I'll kill you. So, okay. All right, mom. No, no worries. Why does it always come back to my mom? <laughs> anyway, so... Okay, <laughs> like, especially, okay, think about spousal relationships. And yeah, I'm going there. Yeah. So we're gonna end to be alone, by the way. Like spouses. And um, yeah, we'll just go that way. Um, yeah, I mean, look, when you get mad, you're going to show your real reaction to your husband slash wife slash other partner. And so, because I mean, that's the honesty factor. You're gonna be the most real uh, with them. Yeah, I mean, you learn how to direct things in an appropriate manner, but at the end of the day, um, <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna give them their best self. They're your true self. It's just like is really, is really what I mean by that. Yeah. I don't even remember what the context of that was, by the way. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm trying to remember what the context of why I said this. I, I can't remember. I. I feel like I feel like it has something to do with maybe Daryl and Carol. <laughs> yeah, could be. Yeah, when because um, we're already talking about episode eight, and this could be the point at which she looks out to find him. But it's the but the whole concept of is that you you only hurt the ones it really like yeah of course you can hurt the, the feelings of strangers but like you know, nobody's gonna hurt you like the person you love hurts you you know like yeah. you know but on the flip side no one's gonna be more honest with you you know ideally and probably in general if you choose yeah. to live your life with them it's because mm -hmm. you know they're not gonna give you they're, they're gonna give you the straight talk you know most yeah. times and try to be nice about it because you obviously have to live with each other. Someone who can be brutally honest with you and, you know, it doesn't end there. Yeah. It actually, the, the relationship actually gets stronger. Yeah. Because of, you know, because the person gets to be that honest with you and 
they get to actually hurt your feelings because they love you. So they're like, okay, I'm gonna hurt you a lot right now, so you won't get hurt in the future. Right, I'm, I'm giving you an inoculation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm preparing you for how big an asshole I'm going to be later. <laughs> you have a different kind of freedom to speak a certain yeah. way to the yeah. people we love too. You know what I mean? You know, if one of your friends says something stupid, you're going to be like, yeah. hell up, you're being stupid. But if it's somebody you don't know so cool. well, you might be like, oh, like well. <laughs> exactly. Be much nicer to someone you don't know. Which is completely stupid, which, right? Which, and I'm going to say this out loud, is that like, <laughs> not, not to be political, but like... <laughs> <laughs> but like you know but i always find it very fascinating that it's like the one thing you don't talk about on the dinner table is politics and money what was that what were the two things religion religion money you yeah, definitely talk about but <laughs> but the politics and religion what do we talk about on the internet or what do people talk about on the internet far more often than i'm comfortable with and sometimes religion politics <laughs> yes <laughs> Uh, yeah, but more so politics. More so politics. politics I mean, and religion. Yeah. Yeah. Or politics is the religion. Ooh. But no, and I, I just, Ooh. I didn't want to get into that, but I'm just oh, saying the irony of, because sometimes I, even I feel like I can't be 100% politically honest with my wife. But I, I do try, and I, we're so much stronger when I, when I let her, her in on some of the things that go on in my head, you know? Yeah. You guys have political do. discussions, though, right? I mean, it's not like either one of you are trying to convince the no, and that's the key. Mind about anything? That's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where people get into trouble. Every you can, everybody can have an opinion, but don't yeah, try so. to change <clears throat> someone else's opinion. Just say, "Well, I don't agree." And end of. I don't. Speech, I don't. Un you know, you don't have to agree. But see, I think the thing. I think the thing about couples about. is <laughs> what's what the what the possibility with a couple is is that. It depends on the individual, though. So I may lay out a political opinion of mine, if my, and if my wife is feeling self-conscious or feeling, um, what's the right word for this? Because, you know, because like, you know, there's some people that are people pleasers, and my wife is definitely one of them, right? Um, but when you say something, it's almost there's almost an implication at sometimes, you know, maybe she's not ready for it, but um, that that's what the right thing is you know like oh you should be doing what i'm saying and i'm not saying that you know i'm just saying what i believe and what i think what i think is the right course of action but what do you think is what i that's anytime i bring up anything it's always what do you think you know and, and yeah what back and forth we can get from what i just said and even on the show is i don't really say when i say what i think is going on i'm all i'm i'm always fishing guys i'm always always fishing i am never catching i'm <laughs> i i am not a very smart person i've just learned to, to train my ear to listen to the questions that I, and then i ask them but like so that's what i'm saying so and so sometimes my wife and i fight about these political opinions but the thing is it's like you said nisa when after the fight we're so much stronger God, can we move on to the next clip? <laughs> allow myself to watch like an old episode or two, or because there's some like some of the scenes that segue. on the Instagram videos. There, I'm like thinking to myself, I, why do I not remember some of this stuff? Like it's this thing where it's familiar. It's it's like trying to recall something from your childhood uh, on your own, and then watching a video of it and and suddenly realizing that oh, I remember this completely differently. <laughs> um, <laughs> you better not miss a thing, buddy. Oh, 
oh, well, you know, um, sometimes I do. And sometimes people wish I, I missed some things because I will make a mountain out of a mountain okay, when it comes to observations. Um, I mean, it's like a critique of some people. It's kind of like, dude, do you have to read into everything? <laughs> oh, yeah. And it often causes it to be, uh, our podcast to be unnecessarily long. So. I'm self-aware. <laughs> self-aware. Self-aware. I am self-aware. I am self-aware. I'm self-aware. And that that was just you, right? That was just me on an AMA. That, that was, was our the fir- best part. The, the 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 first AMA in which you know what? Thank goodness people were there. People were there. <laughs> And I shout out to I in the dark too. I think I don't know if you were there. I'm not sure, but there were a bunch of people, at least three or four people. And that was really cool. That was really, really cool because that was a make or break moment for the podcast. I'm not going to lie. This is why episode 100 is so important because in and around that time period, I could not get Carol on the show. I was very uncomfortable. Clearly, if you listen to like episodes 36 and and this one 37, I'm clearly uncomfortable. But I'm, I'm I work my way to an equilibrium of some kind where I can find a way to continue the conversation. But yeah, and so with everybody's support and help, I kind of moved past it. I re-tinkered the way I want to do the show, and you know, I took on more. Of, I did take on more of a leadership role. Like uh, up until that point, you know, a year later plus, you know, uh, Carol and I were sharing the bills. Like, and then I decided, you know what? Let me take on the full responsibility. This way, you don't feel like obligated or burdened with the responsibility of having to be there for every show. And, and this way, you could be there for your family if you need them. And then I also could, at the same time, I didn't know how I wanted to do this, but I also wanted to maybe bring on a guest host or something like that, or bring on like you know somebody every other time, or like have like a somebody like a like a rolling list of people to, to come on the show. You know, that can sh- they can pick and choose from and say, hey, would you like to come on this episode? And you know, I can bring you on every now and again to see what you think and stuff. And then eventually coalesced into this thing where like, okay, look, obviously naturally I'm happiest when it's just, you know, Carol, Rachel and I, honestly, the ha- I, I honestly, and, and I'll tell you this, when I've been clipping the clips, every time I see that it's just Carol, Rachel and I, I am so happy. I'm looking at the, the, the little description saying, oh, Rachel Burns, and I'm like, oh, it's okay. I like it, you know, and it makes me happy. You know, like it's never as, it's just the smoothest fucking episodes, smoothest episodes, funniest you know, ones too. You know, when you're just like me, you're just there, you know, listening or, or watching, uh, it, it works when it's the three of you. Like yeah. sometimes, sometimes there are like three completely different opinions, and I'm like, sometimes I'm I'm not even typing, and I forget that you guys can't see me, obviously, <laughs> and I'm just looking at my phone, like, oh my god, yes, Carol, yes. <laughs> yeah, you tell you tell Dave. <laughs> so many times I remember myself watching live and i'm like yes carol that's it you know you say something dave and i'm like yes carol you tell him that's right <laughs> and sometimes it's rich i'm like oh my god yes rich yes 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 i'm crying <laughs> so yes so completely works with the three of you yeah it's, yeah it's perfect oh my god i cannot wait to get the fear of the walking dead season five because rachel ha- rachel has so many humdingers it's so funny it's so 
funny. <laughs> and Rachel always put, plays this part, this, this, oh, I'm always wrong. Oh, I'm like, huh. And then, like, all of a sudden, like, she's knocking it out of the park. It's just like, there's like, oh, shit. We're all saying one thing. And Rachel goes, but what about this? And we're like, yeah, okay, we're, we're done, Rachel. We're done. Yeah, we're, and I remember hard. myself we're so done. many times, like, typing, oh, my God, yes, Rach, yes, Rach. I'm literally crying. I'm crying. It was so funny. <laughs> Oh, there's nothing else to say. <sighs> I yeah. like it too. I like I like it when it's <laughs> free too. I think it makes it Apparently. more entertaining, you know? Yeah. Let's do it. Radio station interviewed me and they, it was actually Christmas time because I had just had Maggie and it, cause she was born December 5th. And so I had done this radio interview a couple, like like a week after she was born and they made me retell the Christmas story using walking dead people, like using the walking dead. And they were like, you can even use a Jesus. And it was, <laughs> and <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Totally, they did not prepare me for that, but I killed it. Like I was like, okay, there's a pregnant girl named Maggie on a horse <laughs> walking to Alexandria. Like I did amazing. Oh, and great. Oh, I did so good. And I think after that they were like, Would you want to come on every Monday morning and talk and like kind of talk about the walking dead and we'll kind of pick it apart a little bit for a good twenty minutes. I'm like, hell yeah, nice. I will do that. So this is our first episode of Ashley Weidman. Oh, you know, we we're, we're like really nervous bringing her on. We we if you look at the background, it had her picture in it. Yeah, <laughs> like, whatever. And but going back to the idea was like we were trying to think of how are we going to do this for for the episodes. Let's say when Carol's not here, or when even when she's here. Like okay, you know, we need to have like somebody on tap. And Ashley became one of those people, and it was really great. I mean, I was very surprised she even took, she answered my DM so fast. <laughs> I was really happy with that. I remember the first time I saw her uh, on, on the podcast, I'm like, hey, I know her. <laughs> Where do I know her from? Right. She looks familiar. And then, uh, you know, she was, I remember she told her the story of, you know, why her daughter names Megan. Wait, wasn't she on Talking Dead? Oh my god, she's the blonde on Talking Dead. <laughs> 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 was like the, the ultimate fan. I'm like, oh yeah, that's her. You know what's oh. really, re you know what's really weird when you when you think about context is like the April before seems like forever ago, and so I'm like thinking to myself, ah, oh, you know, the limelight's died died down a little bit, you know, <laughs> like, um. You know, let's just contemplate. But like, I'm thinking about this from like a fifty thousand foot view, and like that wasn't too long ago. That's like not even a year ago that that happened. And so yeah. I'm like thinking right now, like, oh man, I'm really lucky, <laughs> really lucky that <laughs> happened. Because, but you know what? And like thinking about it now, it's like you know what does happen to like the Talking Dead Ultimate fan person, right? Think about it, like you know they get an uptick in people, you know, having eyes on them, right? But then, but what do they do with that? And I find that not really much happens, right? Like, yeah. I think, and in the end of the day, it, it, I think this is really kind of gets to the point is that like why she decided to be with us is that, first of all, all these, like, let's say this radio show isn't doing any Walking Dead stuff anymore. Um, mainstream media kind of really ignores it. I mean, every now and again, you'll get Jimmy Kimmel just had Norman Reedus on the show to talk about the spinoff and to talk mm -hmm. about his, his video spot on Marilyn Manson's video or something, I think. But like beyond that, it's like few and far between. Like you don't get and you don't get as much mass media appeal behind The Walking Dead anymore. Yeah. And so 
you know, having her up on the show was just made the most sense because like, okay, where do I put all these feelings now? Like, where do I put all these theories, these notes that I'm ta- still taking, you know, yeah. I'm going to put them into podcast, you know? That would oh. be really cool. I really would love, I mean, I want the season finale to be like heads on a pike for sure. So it's like, it's going to be, that's so horrible. Every time my, I see my brother put these clips out. Like, I need to see heads on a pike. I need to see 10 heads like on a pike. <laughs> on a row. 10 heads. I want to see Rosita, Eugene. No, not Eugene. Whoa. He's going to be fine. Eugene's not going anywhere. Right. He's going to come into his own. He's got to get the ham radio up and going. I want to see the heads on the pike and I want to see the ham radio up and running and I want to hear them make contact and I want to hear Rick or Maggie on the other end. Pounding your desk. What's the zombie equivalent of a bridezilla? That's what you are right now. That's what you're doing right now. No, it's like this would be perfect because it would be perfect. It would be perfect. perfect. If if it's Rick's voice on the other line and we have the heads on a pike, I'm like, beautiful. It's perfect. It's exactly Mm. how this needs to end. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Zombridezilla. I love when that, she gets opinionated like that and like this is how it should be. Yes. This of is how course. And and it's always a good theory. Like it, I would totally watch Of course that's because that's also when she it. also and sometimes this is like one of those times. This is, it's not often actually, but yeah. where she pops back into like I'm a comics reader and I kind of want it to go this way. And it's got to be Rosita cuz not half the people that are on the pikes, yeah. you know, aren't really in the world in the universe or like a five of them or eight of them or something like that. But like it's got to be these people. King Ezekiel's dead. Uh, uh, Eugene, mm-hmm. no, it's not. That's not. Let's put Eugene over here. He needs to use the radio. Eugene, use the radio. Um, but then you realize that when she gets that way, I have to be me, and I have to go, and I have to basically go. Yeah, it doesn't have to go that way though. <laughs> that's the. the- <laughs> that's when I'm like no 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 you go Carol you go oh, yeah of course listen you have to understand I'm agreeing with her but at the same time now I have to be like right. I have to be like a, yeah. the voice that does something else that's either yeah. fun, that's either funny or just trying to like fuck with her shit because when <laughs> yeah. you when you take yourself so seriously it's like a perfect opportunity for me <laughs> to jump in with something like completely unserious <laughs> you're he's like a bridezilla yeah, mm-hmm. those are the moments that I, I she she gets so into it yeah. that I get so into it too that I stop typing <laughs> and I start just talking to my phone like yes you're right and I start giving my own opinions to myself and and then she says exactly what I say I'm like oh yeah that's right you tell them because that's what I'm telling. That's what, I, what I'm telling you, but you can't hear me. I mean, I, this is me. I like people who geek out on things. I, I, I admire it, you know? I've learned to admire it. Like, instead of denigrating or like, oh, okay, nerd. Okay, nerd with your pikes. Mm. Like, no, it's like, it, it's cute. But then, you know, of course, you have to do something like like equally cute to balance it out a little bit. Or I feel like I have to. It's not bullying. Okay, I'm not a bully. Because I'm not telling people to kill kids. Okay? That wasn't, at least, I was trying not to. (laughs) Until he bullied me into saying something about eating kids. God. (laughs) Anyway, so... Because yeah, look, I have to be the bad guy, guys. It's I have to be the bad guy <laughs> at the end of the day. I'm here to make you look good. 
<laughs> Although you don't have to work that hard. Your <laughs> account, the the AMC one, and even the Skybound one, and like. Well, let's start with the AMC one, okay? The AMC one has been making so many mistakes from hashtag Ikikiel um, to putting the um, uh, banners like un- with the text that's underneath. So, like, they'll say, "What do you think of Hilltop?" and the banners like for Alexandria, or sorry, "What do you uh, are you are you with the kingdom?" and then they'll put the Hilltop banner. You know, so and, and I don't know if it's like just like genius. Do you know what I mean? Like, right? It, they're like doing it on purpose, and that hashtag Ikikiel was is the funniest thing. I still use hashtag Ikikiel uh, in some, like, whenever there's a mistake or whenever there's, like, just something absolutely hilarious. And then you go to the Skybound, the Walking Dead account, and they're, like, just random. If you, what you should do is go to their um, Twitter account and then go to where you see not only the the posts that they make, but you see the replies. It's hilarious. They're responding to people. They're retweeting people. Johnny O'Dell. And oh, and they just recently trolled um, the Game of Thrones account a couple times. Uh, we, we mentioned it, I think, the last time, so like a month ago. But they also trolled like Batman and Superman. Um, and I actually read this, and I wasn't going to read this um, online, and I'm still not going to. But like, they said, who do you choose if it's Batman or Superman? And then the Walking Dead account just retweeted and said Martha because they both have um, mothers. Superman, Clark Kent, and um, Batman, uh, Bruce Wayne, they both have mothers named Martha. And it's kind of like a little troll on the Batman v Superman movie, which kind of didn't do very well. Uh, so, I mean, and they do things like that. They're like, and they even like retweeted the Wendy's account <laughs> for some reason. Uh, it's just hilarious. Like, so just do that. I mean, don't do it now. I mean, you could do it now. You could listen to the show and just do it whatever you want. It's free country. I mean, unless you're listening from China, in which case, thanks. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not I'm not too below to, to suck up to you. <laughs> I remember exactly what I typed when I was watching this was I typed hashtag Ikikyo yeah, plus Batman v Superman is actually awesome. <laughs> 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 Who do you choose, uh, Batman or Superman? <laughs> and then you do the retweet, you go, Ikikil. <laughs> yeah, I remember, I remember exactly what I thought I choose Ikikil every time. Like, oh my god, Dave, you haven't seen, like, the ultimate extended version. It's so awesome. Hashtag Ikikil. <laughs> Hashtag Ikikil, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Zack Snyder's ultimate director's cut. Hashtag Ikikil. Yeah. The Ikikil cut. And I remember Actually, uh, uh, really nicely. The Ikikil cut. Sing, uh, I think uh, uh, Ms. Ms. Mezzo, uh, Walani, they were there too. They were also hashtag Ikikil. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone was just. This promise that he makes to Judith, which finally gets Judith to kind of let him go. And he basically says, I won't hurt anybody even if they're trying to hurt me. This is really crazy, okay? And crazy important because him saying that out loud to Judith is kind of like something that's going to be like a tagline for this season, for the rest of the season at the very least, okay? Because um, it symbolizes, this This is basically going to carry throughout the season. Like, I'm kind of interested to see if he does keep his word. At the end of the episode, he's going to 
going to be going back to the to Alexandria, back to his cell, right? But I don't think that's going to end up happening. I think something's going to happen, right? So, or if it does, he's not going to be there very long. Yeah, no sanctuary. I thought about that. In the comics, and even hurts a big character. Um, yeah. So, but that's the thing. Um, he, he he's going to be basically put to the test when it comes to this idea. So, so I, it sounds like a lot of you uh, don't think he's going to keep his promise. <laughs> Everybody thinks Nick is going to go break um, that again. Yeah, exactly. So does that include the whispers? And it may be that he kind of skirts by on his on his charm alone. I'm just very when you do something like that, when scripting does something like that, it's not for nothing. They won't just do it. You know what I mean? They, they won't just do it for him not to try or at least wrestle with it. And and I think part of what we want out of this Negan, because this Negan is obviously not like the comic book Negan. I mean, the, to a limit, but there's so much more depth. There's so much more nuance. He has a personality, okay? Like, I mean, he has a personality in the comic, granted. But it's not a personality that we can actually connect with. He just be... And it's kind of like a lot of um, villains. They're kind of more archetypes, right? Like the governors, it's Dick archetype, right? <laughs> Dick archetype. Comic. But in the show, we got to connect with him a little bit. We got to connect with Philip. Um, so, I mean, think about it. Like, a Negan that we can connect with already we can see him wrestle with that personality already and now we have an anchor like an like a moral anchor to kind of set us up for the rest of Negan, the judith for the rest of this whisperer's arc and you're already seeing that struggle sort of take place in the, uh, the sanctuary you know he's trying to get back to his old life but he just can't get there it's kind of like he's got um it's like Negan erectile dysfunction. He just can't get there. There's nothing for him to really go on. You know, not even Big Richie, which I'll talk about in a, in a few. By myself, when you don't have a choice. The one thing I wanted to pick out of that was, like, maybe he'll skate by on his charm alone. So, like... To, to gain favor with the whispers, he doesn't really kill anybody to to do that. You know, he he does skate by on his charm alone. In that way, I think I was right. But um, and but the thing that ends up being the wrestling part was his thing with Brandon. I think that was maybe his mo his last moment. If he thought that he had a legacy and people remembered what he was trying to do for what it was, like, I think he would have, there wouldn't have been too much of a wrestling match, but, like, seeing Brandon, you know, being the, like, I remember we're going to talk about this clip in, when we talk about The Walking Dead Season 10, because it's going to come out, but seeing Brandon being the ideal person to properly remember the Saviors, and he, even he doesn't remember it right, like, what was it all for? You know, like, what was the whole thing, the whole project for? It goes to show that, like, this is something we talked about a lot in Season 8, as I was trying to be on Carol's side about Negan himself. Like, I was, like, totally anti-Negan, blah, blah, blah. But Carol convinced me that, like, no, 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 this isn't for nothing. He doesn't do these things for nothing. There's a reason why it's, it gets done, even though you don't agree with it. Like he, like, he does take the one person so that everybody else falls in line, because in the end, the crux of it is he wants to save people. You know, I'm just trying to illustrate the evolution of yeah, our thinking. I thought at first, like, oh, they're not going to go there when they kind of were making Alpha very much about, like, a kind of, like, domestic abuser, like, in terms of physical abuse. I was like, okay, well, maybe they won't go there necessarily with, like, the whole rape culture that the Whispers have because it's more about, like, a domestic abuse and that sort of power, you know, sort of thing. But then when she kind of, like, kind of, like, got traumatized and wanted to go back to her cell at the sound of, like, hearing the baby cry and, like, then we see, like, a baby in, like, the group. It's like, something about this, like, 
it obviously has set her off. And I mean, she is, I don't know, like about Henry's age, I'm assuming, right? So she's got to be so like 15, like, 16. I'm guessing right. some kind of teenage, some kind of late teens or something. I'm guessing. I don't know. I mean, could she have been pregnant? I, I don't know. I right. It's possible. Right. Well, and yeah, I think the thing that you're trying to say, not spitting it out, is that yes, one of her group may, well, no, not just one, maybe a lot of her group raped her. Yeah. Yeah. Convinced her was the common good. There was that that holding the knife at her throat, that really large machete to her throat. Right. Mm -hmm. So what basically, just to make it clear for everybody else, she was raped mul multiple times throughout many years in her teenage years, like four mm -hmm. or five, let's say. Mm -hmm. And yes. she was pregnant and something would happen to her own baby. Right. So that's, that's, and then if you, that makes more sense to me to resolve that issue because then um, while she's talking about her mom lying, well, not, I don't know about lying to her, but like saying that these communities can't survive and then all the lies she told to her to convince her of that, seeing the truth in front of her, realizing that she didn't have to get rid of her baby. What? Yeah, what? it's very possible. It's entirely possible. Um, my mind is kind of blown right now and I'm ha I hope they do that too. That would be so yeah. heavy for this show. I, I, think it would, I think it has to, I don't think that they would kind of insinuate and make her have that kind of reaction for nothing. They've got to revisit that. They have to. Like, I feel like they have to kind of revisit why she had such a visceral reaction. Right. To put me, bring me back to myself kind of reaction. Right. Put me back into my cell too. Wow. And think about that. If that's true and she wants to be put back in her cell, the thing that she had to do, right? Mm-hmm. That oh. told her to do. And, and what does that make her? Right. right. Ooh. Mm -hmm. It's sticky. Yeah. In, in a bloody way. Yeah. Ew. Yeah. Ooh. I mean, it's highly possible. I will say, <laughs> it is possible that, you know, Lydia had a baby and had to give it up and everything. I personally, I don't think that is why she had the reaction she did. Well, because Omega and then Bounty, right? Bounty's the next one. Okay, so Bounty is when we see how Alpha truly regards babies. So after that, I felt Lydia's reaction was just her kind of realizing that yeah, or it really matters to her. She mom, says that. Including her. You know, but we find out later on, yeah, that Lydia doesn't matter, but like Says, we find out later on. She doesn't matter. Shit. It does. Right. Well, and and there's got oh yeah, obviously it, she does matter to her, but Lydia's really, I think, struggling with that. You know, she wants her mother to care about her, but you know, everything that she's been told from her mom even is telling her that she's not cared we don't care about you. Right. Out, you out loud. We it yeah. we would change absolutely yeah. nothing. I wouldn't grieve you, we would just move on. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe the, you know, and, and then what you said about seeing a community actually take care of a baby and seeing that this life is possible. I do believe she probably most likely was. Oh, uh, the question was whether or not she had a baby out of that. Oh, oh, interesting. Okay. I think she, I think it's pretty safe to say she was. Um, I mean, I'm going to go and say she didn't, show but uh. didn't have a baby or wasn't okay. assaulted. I don't like that word. Yeah, I, I don't think she was either of those things. I think I think that I think AMC or whatever or Skybound Valhalla just sorry Valhalla stayed away from that. They're just like, ah, eh, we're not going to go there. We can do this a different way that still has the same effect. I think they would have to stay away from it, but I think they did it the way they did to, um, to keep you guessing for sure. Well, I okay. Here's how I took it, and probably only because I'm familiar with the comic books was I felt like that was as close as they could get to approaching that topic without 
without going over without crossing on the line oh yeah. i was even th I, thought, I was thinking it was a troll an angela kang troll because she is a comics reader and he, i even said it at the time like oh. can you imagine this the, the series by the way in the in the two biggest examples but there are so many more are the pikes and this moment because you know from the comics i don't but you know that this is why this is this is why Lydia's all messed up. Now she doesn't she's not literally the same Lydia in the comic as she is in the show, but you know, those are the differences. You know, that this Lydia wasn't raped, you know, and so maybe rape Lydia thinks, you know, the way to get people to like you is to be compliant or whatever, that sort of thing. Mm. Yeah, so but like this is this is this is trolling the the not trolling, actually kind of this is hey, this is for the comics readers, you know, to keep them in yeah. you know in, in suspense. You know, I mean, it was it was very clear in the comics what was happening, um, yeah. and even even the whispers, uh, you know, time what you know what they were doing still wasn't as bad as what happened to Michonne at Woodbury in the comics, and that, <sighs> they didn't even touch. They didn't even. They didn't even touch that. But didn't it feel like well, it, no. at the time? Not with Michonne and it. Not with Michonne anyway. Right, but didn't it feel like at the time as you were watching, like, oh my god, is this going to happen? So because I did get those vibes. Me, lucky I for me, too. I had I had not read the comic books while I was watching that season. Or unlucky so for you, I didn't know. Well, no, well, in yeah, a way, I guess you could you could go either way. You could go either way. I was trying to figure out who well, the showrunner was. Oh, at that time, yeah, and I believe it might have been Angela Kang. Don't, in the beginning don't quote me yeah she she was previously a showrunner or producer oh yeah yeah i didn't oh i thought she was only newly show run i mean i knew she was always i think angela chang took over in season eight yeah because you remember gimple saying you know now angela who's been with us since the beginning she's you know taking over as showrunner or even nine, maybe. Oh, yeah, I guess, you know what? Yeah. I mean, she, she was still an executive producer, though. I think in some yeah, of those oh, seasons. She's always yeah. been around. Yes. Well, I, I think, mean... I, I think she, uh, since season two. Well, she, she, what, I guess what I mean is that she had significant roles. I mean, she was... Yeah. Meaning executive producer, okay. but in charge of... That, the creative that. process. Because Gimbal, like, took full over for season seven and eight. Like, meaning executive producership and, you know, decides where the show's going to go. Whereas, like, in earlier seasons, that wasn't the case. Like, there's Dan Liu, and I think it was Dan Liu. I'm just trying to make sure that's the right case. But yeah, and, anyways, but, but there were shows where Angela Kang took over, or seasons where Angela Kang took over. I think it was three. But, oh, yeah, which is why I, I said that, because then you mentioned Michonne, and then I thought, oh, well, maybe this is another one of her things where she kind of mm. inserts this, what's about to happen, according to the comics, gets those people yeah. fired up. See, I've always admired that about her, you know, that, and that could be the case, you know, that could be one of those things. So, Dave, you, where, where did you land on whether or not Lydia had a baby? Nisa, what do you think? Oh, this was just um, a, baby. a baby in her past? I, I, I did think so, yeah. I had that in mind. Hence our, like, our, like, uh, discomfort. <laughs> so. Yeah, which is something they did not bring up on the show. So. Thank goodness, yeah. in a way. So, while I was... While I was reading the comics and I got to that point and they were explaining, you know, basically it was like the men just do whatever they want and, and you know, we're animals, so they take over. And then I thought, okay, well, why can't it go the other way? Like, if you have girls in your group, why, they can't, why can't they just throw the guys down and have their way? <laughs> why does it, why is it only the men? Because it's not yeah. a natural, natural order of things. <laughs> mm. Mm, <awesome>. mm. <laughs> I don't know. 
Well, I really do. That was just my that was just my equality thought while I was reading. The well, you know, why can't women throw them down? Interestingly enough, like I I I I, I always I always have trouble sometimes with Chuck Palahniuk, um, like you know, Fight Club. Because mm-hmm. I've read his other, I've read a lot of his other books, and I, what I've noticed is that his female characters still sound like male characters, and so I get the impression. How written? Yeah, yeah, or how they speak okay. uh, to the point to where they speak and they sound like oh. kind of typically the way men would sound, you know, or they do okay. things that would be kind of what a man would do, but not always what a woman would do or think. And I know that okay. sounds very sexist of me, but there are some, that just there are differences. Sounds like they have male writers. <laughs> that, but that's the thing, but as a good writer, you you want to be able to channel your right. character, they have actually. shitty male writers. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not saying he's shitty, but I am saying that like, that's it's a one huge critique that I have about Chuck. Um, but it's the same for, and what I've noticed also, and it's not said as much as I, you know, as, that is thought, but like, I, I think Kirkman does have some of that issue with The Walking Dead. Like, especially when you come around to the whispers, you know, Alpha could have been so much oh, more. In the comic yes. books? Oh, oh, across the board. Right. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you could read that, you could read those, those books and know immediately it was written by a man. Which is <laughs> the, the tell. Yeah, that's the tell. But then yeah, when you look yes. into the actual, okay, when you dissect Michonne's speech patterns and the way she emotes and the way she connects with other people, it's like, oh, God, it's just a man. It's, it's Marsha Michonne's a man. Uh, Andrea's a man. <laughs> like, it, Sherry's a man. You know, or <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know. I, I love how we got to all of this from just the Lydia PTSD clip, which is great. It really just goes to show that you can take this one thing away that can be very, very, very complicated and just completely replace it with something that's much more full and rich. What Carol will say very often, it'll take something that seems very two-dimensional and give it a life unto itself, like a Whisper's yeah. religion and all this stuff that came with the Whispers, you know, which makes them human, but also makes them, you know, dangerous. It makes them have a personality. So yeah. rather than these cold, empty people that you can't understand as a viewer, that you can't yeah. relate to or connect to. Yeah. You know, to the point where in a poll you can ask, hey, do you want to be, because remember the whole banners thing? Do you want to be team TWD hi, um, Highwayman? Do you want to be TWD Hilltop Alexandria? You know, yeah. or, or do you want to be TWD Whispers? And people were answering TWD Whispers because they could connect with them in a weird way. I just want to be closer. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'll do anything. And he's like, I have no emotions. Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm also empty. empty. Can you fill, can you fill me up? Anyway. (laughs) No day or anything like that, but like, you know, they keep talking about this carnival and everything. Yeah, the fair. And a lot of people in the fair, yeah, a lot of people have no idea. I don't. I I don't. I truly don't. And I don't want to know. Okay. You don't want to know? I know. It's going to be amazing. It's It's going to be amazing. (laughs) Chris. The only thing I want to know is, is this the fair is 
is it just to bring the communities together and sign that treaty? Absolutely. Okay. That's the idea. Is it just... Ju- I don't want to know. I want to know anything. Um, is it all King Ezekiel's idea? In the comics, you mean, right? I don't know. I'm saying in oh. the show. Is it, is it all King, King Ezekiel's idea? Is it oh, all him? It seems to be like it's a joint yes. venture. Okay, and where's the yeah. fair going to be located? Oh, in the kingdom, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. of the movie it? theaters in the kingdom, too. Isn't it I think. a little rundown? A little rundown. I think that's kind of the point, too. It just this is, this a, is this a fire festival? For those who didn't hear, is that the fire festival? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> the zombie apocalypse? Oh, okay, that's what we're going to call it from now on. <laughs> the Kingdom's Fair is the fire festival. Classic. <laughs> she threw me off so hard because what I was gonna say was, okay, guys, the king, the kingdom needs this fair. They need commerce. <laughs> they need movement because they really have nothing else anymore. I don't ever remember thinking the fair would be at the kingdom. Right. Well, they were see that it was always good. If you remember, and I think this was like okay. When I, I remember when I was seeing um, when were the flashbacks for the charter signing? You're talking about when Jerry tells. Ezekiel, he's going to be a dad, and he yeah, that's right. First, that scene. I think that's in ten. Cobra Strike, I think, is in ten too. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, no, 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 yes, no, no. Because we get the light bulb in the movie theater and the Highwaymen in this season because of the Pikes. So I guess yes. all this to yes. say that all of this is being done in the name of trying to, like, behind Michonne's back. Uh, to get this fair in order because the kingdom needs this win. You know, the kingdom needs this win, but so do the communities. They they do want to heal after all the fall happened. Yeah. So it is, it does, it, well, it goes off without a hitch, but not without the banger of an ender. And then the kingdom falls anyway. Sad, <laughs> sad kingdom. I just, I still remember that moment when <clears throat> Debbie approaches Ezekiel, and they have that moment, and I know every single person who read the comics was freaking yep. the f yep. out. Yep, another Angela <laughs> Kang thing. Another. Yes. And it's it not so a troll. It's like too. a. I'm gonna make you think that no, it goes one way. Yeah. Just teasing us. Yeah. I loved it. I liked I it too. It. I knew about it. You know, so it's it's kind of like I didn't know exactly how it went down, but I knew about it. Yeah, and it's like, no, no, get away from the king. <laughs> I think we're going to talk about that next because you have a lot to say about that. Uh, oh, no, yes, you, this is, I think 45 is you because, because this. Ah. Okay, I have this thing in my head thinking, RJ, I don't think he's real. I don't think that he's real. I think he, I think he was at one point, but he died. Michonne he only so, mentions him to Daryl, doesn't she? Why is he so little? I mean, this, he looks like a three-year-old or a four-year-old. Like he doesn't look like a five-year-old. Six-year, you know. I mean, mm. and the, in this last episode, she opens the door and he's sleeping. Why is he sleeping in the middle of the day? I mean, nap time, but like, yeah, I, I, I just, five-year-olds nap. I didn't. I know. I'm <laughs> No, but she's talking to herself and she's almost acting like she did when she lost her first son, Andre. Mm-hmm. What a good point. And they look kind of Nobody similar. Nobody else has seen him. Yeah. Except, I mean, uh, uh, what's her name? Son? Magna? Uh, Magna. 
Magna did look in the window and RJ was running towards her, but was he really running towards her? Well, mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean Magna saw RJ. She just looked in the in the house. Right. And saw her scoop something up? The sack yeah. of potatoes? <laughs> that, that's a tough call. I mean, it, it's a really interesting idea, but huh. given that I'm one scene. I'm wondering if he was real. Yes, he was born and he was alive, but then that's what changed her. He died. Someone killed him and he died and now she's fucking crazy again. Because I'm wondering, I'm trying to figure out the sequence. Well, they would take care of him. Like I, I know there's lots of people that take care of him. Yeah, that's that's interesting. But you don't see anybody else with him. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think if not oh, for that one, if if not for that one scene with Magna, I would have. Because I, I feel like wasn't Magna going to argue with Michonne or something, and then she sees RJ, and then she decides to give up her weapon. <laughs> yeah, she was like, "Well, she's bad shit, crazy. She's talking to herself and picking up sacks of, mm-hmm. stuff. Like, sacks of potatoes. Things must be hard for you because you're crazy." <laughs> Let's go to Hilltop. Yes. <laughs> She's. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> to this day, to this day, we will still question ourselves. I, I, not anymore. There's too because, and we 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 go into this in season ten. We go into this again A- after so many months of having this burrow into our head. By the way, yes. Right. I don't know about you, but even after we had concrete proof, I still was looking at the proof like. How solid right, is this right. really? Because you want it to be real in a weird way. Because first of all, you could be you could yes. you're ahead of the game, I guess in a way. And and then when it when it does come true, you're like, wait, wait, that's real. I was just having fun, but that's real. <laughs> RJ isn't real. Right. <laughs> is real? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This this fucks with us for a while. Yeah. I like this fucks with us stuff. so hard for a while. I can't believe when- it. One thing about uh, about this clip also is that you know we're questioning um, the reasons why Michonne changed it, and yes. it may be being because RJ was real, but he died, and it wasn't RJ who died, but it, it, it were children <laughs> who died or changed her. Oh yeah, right. Other children. Anakin. Remember mom. And I know this is kind of breaking a little bit, like, you guys that are watching don't know what we're talking about, but we watched that um, mega clip, a uh, mega mashup uh, edit from HGM Edits, with, it was just Fear of the Walking Dead, and I remember one of those scenes was Michonne going, you know, defending herself against the children at first, but then after a while, they were coming so hard at her, she had to, you know, spoiler alert, she had to take them out, and yeah. you know, it's still something I wrestle with, too, like how that must change you as a person and make you retreat into your own let's take care of ourselves, let's be like Maggie let's just worry about ourselves because the second we take people in it could be like Jocelyn Yeah, that's nuts mm-hmm. it was completely <sighs> unexpected Yeah, and from a, a former friend, that's crazy to me, yeah. so if it's a former friend, you know well, how, how can we trust strangers so. And I also love that because of the actress, I forgot her name, because she played uh, Tara on, yeah, on True Blood. On True Blood, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just love this. Yeah. Series I didn't watch. Ugh. The moment that you're talking about, Carol, when uh, Carol mentions the grammatically correct letter, yes. and Diane says, "Like I think there's more going on here," you know, mm-hmm. you'll you'll you have to take note that like Ezekiel and Jerry, they're also saying they're like on the opposite side of the fence, where like right. anger is the answer, right? You know, right. violence is all they know, and and there's a commentary there. There's like almost like somebody's saying something about women in leadership roles. I think, right? Like mm-hmm. I mean, you see that there, and you also see that um, with Magna. You 
Yumiko and uh, Tara. Mm. You know, Tara is clearly is I think in my mind in that scene she's clearly signifying that. I mean, everybody else around them is also signifying the fact that she is the official leader of Hilltop. Right. You know, they follow her lead. You know, even though Yumiko is kind of like a strategist, mm-hmm. it's clear that they're looking to Tara for answers and approval and you right. know, what to do. And she's giving the orders and everything. So, and there's um yeah, and like even like even Addie and the two Hilltop juniors. You know, they're yeah. Take charge. You saw Addie kind of like just going at it and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I I just I really enjoyed seeing that part because it doesn't hit you over the head or anything. It just kind of makes it right. just like we can do it too. We One day too. and. By the way, I in doing this clip, I realize you guys quickly move on for some reason. <laughs> like I'm making this comment, this feminist commentary. I'm like, I'm like saying, you know what? I enjoyed it. I I think that's a really cool thing to do to say, hey, let's have cooler heads. Let's think of a better plan. No, Dave, let's ignore you and move on. And I'm like, it doesn't hit you over the head. It doesn't hit you over the head. The feminism. That's a good thing, right? Right, <laughs> right. I mean, I suppose so. I don't. I don't notice that kind of stuff. If I'm being totally honest, like I don't. I don't. I just don't. I don't notice that kind of stuff. I just take it for what it is. But is this this? Is this the letter? The highwaymen in the same episode. Um, it, w- yeah, where the highwaymen are introduced. Not only that, but in this letter that that uh, Diane is reading, doesn't uh, Car- or uh, Ezekiel come to the conclusion that the highwaymen is who must have set the saviors on fire no but what diane says diane says you know with the with the saviors that were with the saviors having perished uh the highwaymen were free to roam i thought someone had posed the the thought that maybe they were no no um well that's the thing i I don't know if that was the conclusion but like but like because the savior marauders jed and his crew and regina uh, the remain the savior remainders um because they were eliminated somehow by being burnt to death um yeah it allowed the high women to kind of take over that route and all that but it was okay all right i guess maybe that was just my interpretation was that they were going to put the blame on them we were all laughing and i was laughing because <laughs> carol's sitting right there yeah carol's sitting right yeah, there she's she quietly i know nothing <laughs> Yeah, like she's quietly going, let's change the subject or something. I remember exactly what she said, and I laughed. And I'm like, oh my God, she she realizes how, (laughs) like that one moment of of her letting her passions get away with her, you know, did actually do. And this is the first moment where you start to see it go wrong. No, well, she she sees that like, look, I I did something wrong. But what's interesting about that is that in the very next scene with the highwaymen, she does something right. You know, she goes, I can't keep going about this the same way, right? So here we are thinking, you know, oh shit, Um, you know, she's either going to double down or whatever, do what Carol do, but then she surprises all of us by thinking of the movie movie idea. She really gets it. And then when she she loses Henry, she loses it completely. Almost. I think that's a very good, I think that's a good um, picture of the, of Carol's two sides too. Well, well. Competing. Two competing sides. sides of Carol. You know what I mean? She can, she can. There you go. She can handle the situation this way. Oh, she can I fell in love with her. This way, kind of, kind of up to you. Kind of up to you. And also, kind of what you prefer, right? I mean, you could prefer, you know, killing machine Carol, and or you could prefer. I, I admired yeah. in that moment where she stepped. Right. She goes to to Zeke. She's okay. St- step aside, Zeke. <laughs> I I got this, and I was just like. 
what's what's going to happen and she thinks of this idea and i'm like oh she gets it that and it made me thinking immediately of that conversation with her and rick in the tent you know and like with the little breaking character too from uh, on behalf of rick i think it was i can't remember exactly what it was but like it was just a sweet goodbye moment for him and her and like that moment where where he's going um I'm just trying to keep it all together. He can be real with her. He's being real with her for the like for the first time, letting letting her in on like I just want to kill them every morning. But then I remember Carl and blah blah, blah and like this is why we have to do this. This is why we have to keep this up because if we don't, it's all for nothing. Yeah. And then and then you take that you take that moment and you put Carol into the scene with the highwaymen, and it's just like she got it. She took that message and she said, you know, it may not have to be like Rick wants it, right? But we can do it in a way that makes right. <laughs> makes sense, not like what Rick thinks. <laughs> right. But it was a chance, right? right? It was like a risk. Carol is not is not does not like to do this sort of thing. She likes to be chameleon Carol or killing machine Carol. But Carol yeah. is never put on the role of leader or or decisive winner. And that you could credit Zeke with that too, maybe, right? A little fake it till you make it kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Just to give people a little background on this one, this one is the Zombie Mommies episode. I had this really good idea of like, oh, I, I don't know. I thought it was a good idea um, of just having you three just take over the show, have it go wherever you want it to go. Occasionally, I chimed in with facts, I think, but that's it. That was it. It, it wasn't. I, I yeah. thought it was a good idea. Yeah, we did it again for the um, TWD season ten season premiere because I wasn't prepared. <laughs> I love okay. that, you know, like Michonne assumed like her willingness to let people in was because she didn't remember what happened. Yeah. But, you know, in reality, she did remember and she knows what her dad did. And she knows like about how Megan killed Lennon Abraham. I thought it was really interesting to see like how much Judith has known, you know, and that right. she just hasn't shared because right. we, like by the end of the episode, we find out that she did remember what happened in this right. like flashback and she does know from her conversations with Megan like these stories and she kind of mentions it in the conversation with Daryl where she kind of says like yeah I know the stories about how we fought against the saviors and we won and we can do it again and you know Daryl was kind of like oh well you don't know everything but she she does she yeah. knows like you know I was it was kind of cool to hear them like in the Negan scene to hear some of these things where he was like you know I told her how her brother Carl was a badass and snuck into the sanctuary and shot up a bunch of men I was like oh god I remember that and like oh when you're you know you're dad like you know uh, you know slash me across the jugular <laughs> and all that and i was like it's, it's remember that that she she's hearing all these stories and she knows all this stuff and even when michelle's like oh well did you tell her what you did to glenn and abraham yeah she knows that too right you know so yeah. like she has all this knowledge and information and she still kind of is clear on what she wants to do regardless so no nope. she's still exactly who she is and wants to do the right thing and do good mm -hmm. yeah let exactly. yeah exactly she knows that not everyone's evil exactly no and she made i i feel like she made the right choice with the, the yumiko and oh yeah oh yeah yeah definitely definitely yep. all of them i was a little confused like there's she's been told stories but how i mean how much do you think she actually remembers i mean she can retell a story right that's yeah. right same as having a memory yeah. Well, remember what we said about like people living they live through her or like they, they live through the stories of others or whatever you mm -hmm. know you're only yeah your legacy lives in the stories, stories of others yeah. so it's it's like that and she takes that to the extreme degree and she 
it's like it's like you don't have like the bible you don't have many books you know what i mean in the apocalypse so what do you have you have stories like like luke said about civilization you had campfire stories you told tall tales you weaved fables and myths and stuff like that to live by and so you judith is like living that way she's that person for them for this yeah. community mm -hmm. also yeah. she writes uh those stories oh yeah because so, it's you know it's fun it's, it's you know it's history but she yeah. writes it that's that's so cute Oh yeah, yeah. You find that out in season ten, right? When she's yeah. riding with Scott, that she has this like book of stories now. Yeah. That she's writing. I think Luke's there. Yep. Yeah, Luke is there. That's right. Uh, see, of all people, right? Luke's of there. all yeah, people. Yeah. Yep. He's yeah. the one who's there, and she shows the notebook, and she says, "Yeah, I write everything," because um, he was. He was, I remember he was telling her a story and she starts writing down because it's history, it's important. And then she takes those stories. Oh, yeah. which is so cute. Oh, yeah, a great man. Oh, right. Her own little stories. The yeah. But again, that's her way of passing along the stories. I mean, RJ's too young to understand that it was true, but she can tell it as a fairy tale right now. And when he's old enough to understand, she can explain. Right. This is what I just taught you, all these stories, these were actually real and they went down actually this way. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, right. I gotta, gotta fill you in on right. a few But this is, this is how, well, why did I teach it to you this way? It's because I want you, wanted you to learn something and that's how to be a person, you know, how to be a, yeah, lessons yeah. through storytelling. When you tell it as a, as a fairy tale, you can throw in a, yep. a moral and yeah, exactly. have it be a lesson. I have a lot of friends who have been saying to me after the show aired that they were very suspicious <laughs> because their feeling was that Sadiq told them, we saw them kind of fight in the barn, but they were saying like, okay, that's Sadiq's interpretation of what happened. That's his telling the story of what happened, but like, is that how it actually right. happened? You're saying like making but, it up? Right. Like they're basically mm. like, they make it up. Why was he the only person spared? Like he's like the lone person that like is oh my God. massacre. And so, well, I don't know. Well, he is a doctor Man, by the way that's a well, good yeah. point stop <laughs> i don't want to i don't want to trust it i know that's really I, stupid. I was like Man. i've heard a lot of people also like I mean, by the way chemtrails are real by the way i, just, I, read, about, <laughs> I read it all on the internet I, i've heard people like say that about a lot of people say that about sadiq i've also heard a lot of people oh my God. express like kind of concern even about ezekiel because they're like well what happened when alpha took him off screen like you know and i'm like he just gave her some clothes he just the other yeah. whisperers. He just, yeah. That's yeah. Like, he just here you go. See ya. <laughs> there, there is a more authentic <laughs> way now to ask because here's the thing: you can say that you don't trust Sadiq, but they do the same thing with um, Michonne, Daryl, uh, Carol. You know, in the woods, they keep them alive. You know, right. yeah. so the, the question is like, we can go into this. Like, the question is, why don't they smoke? The, because I was more uh, concerning myself with why not smoke these four top people? Right. You know, why why keep them alive? I have an answer. But like, did you guys think about that while this is all happening? Like, why why be suspicious of Sadiq when you have four people that were somehow spared as well? Like, it's not so strange to spare Sadiq in that instance. You know what I mean? I wasn't. I, I I'm not of the camp of being suspicious of Sadiq. So for me, like, I I take his. I believe his story. You know. I know. I do too. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I do too. But you're making a lot of sense here, and that not in I, season ten. I don't like it because <laughs> a lot of. So what does Sadiq say? He said. 
<laughs> I don't like this ration. I don't like this rationale. Well, he says, you know, she whispered in my ear, tell, tell them. Yeah, right. I know. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not on board with this, but you're making sense. What does he say? He says, you know, Alpha whispered in my ear and says, you know, tell them. Okay. What, what exactly is he going to tell us? We clearly see what you did to our friend. What more is there to, to right. tell? Right. right. I, I reference this to, you guys watch Game of Thrones, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, do you remember us now, right? Remember, yeah. So do you remember the, I forgot, it's season seven, I believe, six or seven. <laughs> the masters come back to, um, I think it's Marine, Marine I think it's, yeah, where um, she's taken over the city and everything like that. And the masters come back to take it over. And the three of them are like sitting there mocking her. Um, the three like slave masters are, mar- are like sitting there mocking uh, the, um, Daenerys. And she, pretty much the dragons appear. They wipe out all the ships. And uh, Grey Worm kills two of the masters and leaves one. Tyrion walks up to him and says, go back and tell the people what you saw here. Right. Mm-hmm. But like, I kind of, re- yeah. in my head, as I'm watching this, I reference that scene from Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, right. Because it's not enough to see the aftermath. You, you want to send a message back to the to whoever saying, mm-hmm. look, don't don't go back. Right. Yeah. Because if he, if he wasn't a fine, he's being genuine, he watched all of his friends die and right. see the yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. right. Right. Uh, I mean, I don't know why that, uh, it just kind of like, as I watched that happen, I, I was like, wow, this reminds me of like this. Mm-hmm. And if you go back and watch that scene take place, it's the same thing. It's like, go back and tell the people what you saw today. Right. Yeah. yeah. I feel like it's a pretty common thing too. Like I've seen that in other shows and movies and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. they leave one person alive to tell everybody else to scare them. Yeah. You know, right. Yeah. Because of how serious I, I totally this is. trust Sadiq. I, I totally trust Sadiq. But I there's do. so many ways to get into my head. And <laughs> yeah. Like RJ, <laughs> is he still alive? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sure. And then Ashley's like, hmm. Ashley, by the way, we're not making fun of you. Like, seriously, okay. no, it, just, it, it, it gets, it really did. Yeah. Get, it's because it's a good theory. Yeah. 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 It had, it yes. had, it had the right amount of centipede legs to burrow into our brain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ugh, gross. Anyways. <laughs> no, not your theory. Again. <laughs> uh, I was going to go further with that is that because I, I was seriously like in a conundrum, like why they wouldn't smoke. You know, I love the word mm-hmm. smoke because it's, they're right there to slit their throats. There's Michonne, Daryl, Carol, all these strong people. And then I remembered, because you have to watch the episode again to figure out the sequence of events, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, Chris just popped oh. off. Alright, well, we'll come back. <laughs> Lydia confronts Alpha, and, Li- and Lydia gives Alpha a choice, you know, on whether or not she's going to live. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think there's something Alpha's going on here where Alpha feels like, I'm going to give them a choice. <laughs> like, right. I'm not, I have this whole horde here. Mm-hmm. I could just unleash it and be done with it, mm-hmm. and I could survive. But she's giving her, you know, them and slash her daughter a choice mm-hmm. like and her daughter can attest to obviously her brutality blah 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 you know what I mean mm-hmm. right. so there's like a little interplay here between the daughter between the people and like they know what she's capable of uh, Daryl kind of I think understands her a little too mm-hmm. being out there in the woods for so long see, seeing the horde too mm-hmm. so I think that's the real reason do you guys you guys see where I'm coming because I, I seriously yeah. saw a flaw here like I, I saw like why would she leave this open like that there's just no, right. there's no reason to keep these yeah. people alive mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, if anything, you want to slaughter the, the big top leaders, mm-hmm. right. leave well, Sadiq okay. alive, and then... I don't want to kill you people. Mm. She you said know? before she doesn't want conflict. Yeah. So I want conflict. Yeah. So that could start a bigger war, killing killing off the leaders like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But but I, she said the time for that is... Well, actually, Beta said the time for that is over. That 
that deal right. is done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think people still struggle with this one in a way, or even even with the way things shook out, people still don't trust Sadiq. If things happen on a show that doesn't quite make sense, I uh, so, well, sometimes you'll find out later what the reason is, and that's cool. But if you don't, and it's like, okay, what was the point of that? The only rational explanation I can come up with is right. because it was written in the script. <laughs> like, there's like it because that's how it was written. Because mm. the show has to continue somehow. <laughs> that's the only Ooh, look, explanation I, see I can. Um, yeah, but but uh, yeah, I mean, you're you're right. You're, well, yeah. you're right to a point. But then you have to understand, like, okay, if we don't understand why that happened, then we can't connect with like the with the enemy like we can't understand them we can't because obviously negan had a reason everybody has this reason philip even has a reason i think no not really but anyway mm-hmm. um the, the whole mm-hmm. what we found out <laughs> later on is that she's not interested in slaughter she's interested in fealty she wants she wants either guardians or fell or, or whispers in in that respect like and I, I think we brought this up maybe once, maybe twice. Mm-hmm. There is an echo of Negan in that. You yeah. know, people people are a resource. You're either a loyal whisperer following the gospel of Alpha, or you're a revered guardian, like this religious deity kind of being to them, in a way. Especially Beta. Ho ho ho. The noise. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, so... But here's the thing: we didn't have all that information early on, which is interesting. Like we were willing to wait to find out why, and it was the last time we saw them. Technically, sort of, we saw them one scene in the. uh, We saw one scene at the the last episode, I think. Or did we? The one where where Alpha's out in the woods, and it's obviously warm weather, so they went like south for the winter or something like that, like like geese or something, and like Beta's hitting Alpha's arm. Yeah. For what she probably did to Lydia, or, or the, what was assumed yeah. to, to be done to Lydia, like, uh, what was it though? Yeah, that she killed her daughter. Yeah, because remember, she told everybody that she killed her daughter at the yeah. fair, and so she's taking her licks. I don't know. So that that actually allowed us to hold on until we can find out the reason why she did things the way she did, you know? Because she could have taken them all out, but she didn't. She could have. Did she know that they were going to have to go past the pipe? Did Alpha know? Yeah. Did she know that by letting them go, they were going to have to, they would be forced to see what she did on the pipes? If she had killed them, they wouldn't have... Oh no, they would have known by Sadiq, I think. The leaders? Oh, all the people. But if she killed them, they wouldn't have known... Yeah, if she had... No, if she had taken out Michonne and Daryl and Carol and Yumiko at that time, um, they wouldn't have seen yes, her Yes, but face. what's the point? If you could just kill the leaders, leave Sadiq, and then have Sadiq tell them, oh, your leaders are dead. Terrorize. Oh, no, but why terrorize them if that's you could the, kill them all, right? That's terrorize. that's the real question, right? Like, if they're in your way... Yeah. True. Isn't it more fun true, to terrorize? But you don't often... <laughs> I guess, but I guess that's the thing that the whole, it kind of maybe goes back to you. Like, I guess the whole point is the discovery, like finding out what she really wants. You know, is she a terrorizer? Is she somebody who wants fealty? Is she somebody who, what does she want? And then you kind of, you get into it in the season 10. I think Alpha really wants to be an animal, but she gives into her human. Yeah, in spite of herself. So often, but she wants to be an animal. Yeah, yeah. She wants to be an animal. But she's not. Yeah. And she you know what? You know what strikes me is that human she is. 
there's this fear factor because I feel like all the whispers hear this, right? All the whispers are seeing Alpha be an idiot, but they're so afraid to talk because of beta. <laughs> you know, you ever notice that? Like, come into my little yeah. my little den, my little mother's den. Oh, come on. What the fuck is this shit? <laughs> like, dude, I don't know. Just let it go. <laughs> I don't want it. Beta's looking at me funny. He's reading my thoughts. It's just the whole thing. I'm not doing this today. It's not worth it. Yeah. Well, and then she decapitated one of her own people because they disagreed with her. So, yeah, I don't think I'd exactly. be stepping forward to fall in love. Exactly. Anything either. I just. But Alpha is so deluded that she's line. like, oh, wh- whatever I'm doing is working. <laughs> like, no, you just have an angry giant next to you. Yeah. Like, yes. It's like this meat cannon. <laughs> meat <Right>. cannon. <laughs> I'm going to give you the bone to pick, but I'm also going to spitball and, and whatever. I also have an answer for it, too, is a lot of people have comments about the, if it's so goddamn cold, why is your jacket open? Why, oh, is, your hood, yes. why is your hood not on? As a mother, I was like, zip up your coat, Lydia. I like the quote. What are you doing? It's right? so I mean, cold. Uh, you're in the mid, you guys are in the Midwest, and, yeah. and I look, Carol and I from the East originally, um, and like, you just don't do that. Like, your mom would just go like, zip that goddamn yeah. coat up. Don't be a fucking hero. Like, honestly, that maybe was, not your mom, but don't be a tough guy. Honestly, like what my first thought was like, zip up your coat. Like, it is cold. <laughs> it is cold out, Negan. Don't don't give her your jacket. Why? You take care of yourself first. Gosh. Um, you're, are you like having flashbacks, Carol, to like <laughs> when you lived in New York, <laughs> temperate weather? Yeah, I remember those snowstorms. Well, I mean, oh, but d- have you yeah. ever seen a snowstorm that causes like high winds like that? <laughs> yeah, that was a little. Because uh, I've never seen that before. Like, that was like blizzard conditions. That was I, I, we just went, went through that a little bit. <laughs> like, the, I've seen the high winds. I've seen a whiteout, yeah. but I've never seen high winds like that before. Oh, yeah, I've been through that. It, well, that's like the. Um, I've been driving through that. It's not cool. Not no. cool at all. It happened yeah. recently, actually, too. On the say, there's, a, there's a name for it, there's a term for it. Um, uh, blizzard? No. <laughs> it has the high winds. Oh, um, I think I know what you're talking I'm about, drunk. but I. Well, that's like an overall <laughs> climate, but I'm tired. She's a tundra. <laughs> the thing, okay, my answer to this problem is the following. Uh, one, uh, the, the reason why they never did a snow uh, episode before is because it's hella expensive and hard to do. Yeah. Um, Nobody told me. Like, literally, what's, what's funny about what Angela said was that hey, this is going to be the last time. Yeah. Like, this, this, this is just too hard to do. They had to build, they had a 40,000 foot um, square foot uh, sound studio that they, yep. they, they did this all in um, and so just to kind of bookend that um, they had their jackets open because they're fucking sweating yeah. <laughs> in the sound stage and they're trying to get this done as quickly as possible too because it took them long enough to build the actual sound stage so I mean and this is me just knowing how all that works or like no, having a clue in how the shooting schedule works is like time is goddamn money yeah. so I mean it, yeah it's a huge, huge studio, like the director and I think this was um, it was uh, Nicotero right mm-hmm. for this episode um, yeah I can see how director would overlook that like a continuity thing like almost you know it's like well uh, on this take you know just uh, zip it up because you're not selling it I mean you're selling cold but you're like right. you're like being an idiot right <laughs> in a post-apocalyptic world you're being an idiot you know by the way it's called the bomb cyclone bomb cyclone bomb. but that's a specific condition because of northeast this weekend by the way the, what? <sighs> sorry we just got warm weather <laughs> 
that was scary though i i wasn't lying about like i we literally had just gone through that and i was driving in it and i i remember because i don't know if it was in this episode when i explained it i think i cut it out of this clip actually because i was we were all being pedantic about weather and then um because and that stayed in the episode actually but um but i remember driving on the fdr um this is the you know on the, sorry it was on the west side highway uh, in, in manhattan and i was looking to the left and I saw a car actually go past me because I'm driving, you know, trying to be safe. And I see it drive past me and all of a sudden it starts spinning. <laughs> it starts spinning in front of me, not in front of me, but like beside me, but like in front, but like ahead of me. And I was just like, get me the fuck home. Sure, I, sure. I need to get home alive. I need to see my like I was like one of those things where like, I think maybe should I call my wife? <laughs> Tell her tell her like, if, if you don't hear from me just call the local hospital or something shit it was it was really scary it was really scary it was high winds tons of snow yeah in a prius just want to just want to put that out there too <laughs> we have um, like two weeks of winter and the the rest of the year is just hell with with storms Ugh. lots of storms all year long including in the winter why do just, people live there <laughs> I, i'm trying to get out but, you know. okay this clip's wrecking for the vultures and so th we're getting to the clips where we actually go down to sonoy uh, to do camp merrimack so here's here's the first clip oh man everybody's like exploding their love alicia too and daniel yes. and mel yeah because because like she's saying the vultures are back because i said vulture i said vulture once and she thought oh the vultures are back <laughs> kevin Seegers. <laughs> oh yeah those guys yeah those, those guys. guys they didn't last very long <laughs> no but i mean what an interesting group of villains yeah i mean they didn't really do anything that they just waited They're i like, feel i feel like that they could have we'll done be more here when that. you die yeah exactly well, well that's kind of genius though right it is like uh, we're, it is well, this neat what was this negan bullshit yeah yeah just wait you out yeah, we, we got time yeah, we got time we got resources whatever yeah. yeah it's hot you want a hot dog it's hot right <laughs> <laughs> a little soda here. a little soda yeah you like soda he's a half he's a half drunk one here you go Vegas <laughs> can't be choosers anyway. that's right oh we got his doctor pad sorry <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly uh i see you dead yet <laughs> anyway <laughs> I don't remember why we said that too. So I guess if you want to see the full episode, just go to the, just go to the full episode. I don't even think it's that long. It's like a, it's a special. I, I don't yeah. even remember what we were covering at the time. I mean, I could click it and find out, but no, nah, just find out for yourself. Episode 50. Okay. No. So let's, uh, let's go to the next one. So, okay. This is funny. Okay. Let me just play the clip and sorry, apologies in advance to just get ready to, if you have headphones on, maybe take them off a little bit because the audio on this episode on my mic is out of control. So apologies in advance. So we had Xander Berkeley on our show a while back. <clears throat> oh, yeah. And like usual, we're taking questions from the live feed. Is Ryan still watching? No, no, he's on the Facebook stream. <laughs> okay. So, no, 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 because he, as you know, he takes the questions and feeds them to me. Right. Uh oh, sorry. This was prior. Well, this is also prior to us. This is prior to Renee coming to us going, hey, why don't I take the questions for you guys? Send them to you in a link. So as you're doing the show, you can pull up the link on the side. And then, because then, because it, it takes time, you get distracted, you have to read the comments and, you know, find the questions in the chat and all that stuff. Right, right. This, this was prior to all that happening. So, Ryan takes a question from, I forget who it was, but he writes it down. 
but the person went back, deleted that one, and rewrote the actual one, corrected, okay? But he never saw that. Oh, right, which is easy to do. Right. And even if you have somebody feeding you the questions, I, I can see that scenario happening. Mm-hmm. So he slides me this question, <laughs> and I'm looking at it, and I'm reading it as I'm talking to Xander, and I'm like, I don't know if this is correct, but I'm going to go with it. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, Xander, um, blah, blah, blah wants to know uh, something about the movie you just were in and you did. It's called uh, Hound Mary. And <laughs> Xander literally sat there for a second. He was like, Ahem. it's Proud Mary. <laughs> I literally turned to Ryan. And I was like, are you Proud Mary? It's like, Proud like, Mary like, Dickhead. No, don't be sorry. Don't be sorry. That was great. So, I literally <laughs> asked him how his movie was Pound Mary when it was, Pound pr- Mary. When it was Proud Mary. What's his wife's name again? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Mary. No, I'm kidding. If you're ever in our chat sorry. and you see, I, I want to say it was Michelle, a whole lot of crazy, who might have answered this question um but if you're ever in our chat during a show and you see hashtag pound mary uh, now i know that's one of ryan's names is pound mary <laughs> that's awesome yeah yeah so pound mary keep on pounding <laughs> uh, gotta rewrite so yeah. that whole song now yeah uh, <laughs> it was it was one of those moments and being called a dickhead by xander berkeley live <laughs> Um, an amazing moment. That is. Was he really mad? I feel like no, no, he understood it was a mistake. I'm pretty sure. That's either good. that or he thought we were like just basically fucking with him, but we weren't <laughs> like at all. And, yeah, it was, it was, <laughs> Listen, you dildo. Tells you stories and but he's very animated and yeah. character sometimes. So literally, he sat there and I just. Hmm. It's Poundberry. It like goes right in the camera. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wait, wait for it. He said Poundberry. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry, proud, sorry, proud. Yeah. <laughs> it's Poundberry. <laughs> yeah, it's not just Pound, it's Pound. Yeah, eventually that clip this clip will be released at some point but I do link to that interview <laughs> at the at, at the tag of that clip so you can head over to that yeah this is what's taking me so much time some of these things I want to sneak in that's a good the reference and all that stuff right. it should be known that I this was this was pre Camp Merrimack this was just just before there's a 53 that's after and you'll see why too because the clip from that one my brother picked this one out too I think this this is the one and and it and it follows it dovetails too watch this it was done uh, of of um camera Mar- Mar- charity bash people were leaving and i i wanted to get xander's signature on the hat mm-hmm. and so i go up to him it starts that way i'm like well i explained the story and he's like well that's really funny you know it's like you're kind of like the traveling man and he tells his assistant cara i remember her name uh, or cara cara um oh yeah you know put on the traveling man you know and uh, and and like we started putting that on and then i'm telling him the story of 
the hat, the hat's going here, there, and everything. Like, oh, the hat's going everywhere. Like, and yeah, and I was like, I, I, you know, I drove in from New York, from New York City. It took me like such such hours. Like, yep. you're the travel man. And so all I wanted was the signature, and it turned into this conversation. I don't even know how long I was there. It was <laughs> time started stopping yeah. and whatnot. That's what happened? And like, and like, by the way, um, <laughs> you're in the Xander zone <laughs> with this uh, with yeah. this girl, Vibes BMX uh, yep. on Instagram. He's watching all this. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, who else is there? I don't even know. I don't even know. Everybody's gone. <laughs> just me and Xander right there. And Kara. And so, <laughs> apparently. Uh, she's great. She's awesome, actually. Yeah, um, so the traveling man's playing. Uh, and all of a sudden, like, he's like, he's done signing the hat. We're talking. He was ta- I'm talking about his main projects. And I was like, you know, like, I'm just, mm-hmm. it's great what you're doing and et cetera, et cetera. He's like, oh, I don't want you to go yet. Uh, stand right, sit right there. Um, well, hold on. Sit down for a second. He's like, I want to I want to draw you. And I'm like, I'm not saying no. <laughs> and so I let him draw me. And it's, it's on our Squawking Dead Instagram. It's, uh, you'll, you'll see it. It's kind of like uh, brownish and whatnot. But, you know, he starts off by uh, doing a sort of pseudo charcoal of, you know, what he sees, etc. And then he just gets water, like a paintbrush and water. And it kind of, it, it's his way of painting. He paints the, the, the charcoal, you know, in different um, amounts of water, different pressures, etc. And it, I think the experience is actually in the watching, not as much as the finished product. Yeah. I mean, again, the journey rather than the destination, the traveling man, the song, me driving all this way, him making it to Maine. There's just something in what is going on. Yeah. And it was just weird. It was just a weird, awesome, awesome moment. We were talking. Uh, I was maintaining this weird glance at him, too. I was trying to do this the whole time. Let me show it to you guys now. And I'm staring at him. And I'm like, there's like part of my brain is kind of like, I'm, by the way, just for the audio, I'm, I'm doing this kind of like, kind of eyes looking through slits glance kind of at him, like over my shoulder, you know, with my cowboy hat on. And like, so it's almost kind of mean. He's like, he actually said something like about like, I'm not quite like that. <laughs> like, like this. Okay, like, you gotta keep looking at me like that. <laughs> And, and, and that's what we're going with. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. this is an '80s photo shoot. <laughs> okay, so now we're up to Fear the Walking right? Dead. But, um, but yeah, that was that was our that was the clip. That was the key. But there were so many really good moments at Camp Merrimack Char- Charity Bash. Um, but that was the keeper for me. I want to read you what I wrote in my notes here. I wrote that in the notes Sam too. In the notes for the clip. In the notes for the clip. You'll see it. <laughs> <laughs> Dave draws. Xander draws Dave like one of his French girls. <laughs> but yes, that was a that was a very cool takeaway from that moment. And um, and yeah, and. I mean, I, I look. Can lightning strike twice? We don't know. Yes, it can strike twice. Damn, there's hope for me yet. But like, Marcus you have to also consider that this story came months. on the heels of like my first encounter with him. With <laughs> the first night when I drove in, I'm bleary eyed, wandering around with my sunglasses for some reason because I forgot my regular glasses. So I'm looking like a cool guy, and I'm schmoozing with Jason, um, <laughs> Jason Kirkpatrick, and him in the room. They're talking about. Hey, no, Sanders like saying, "Let me get you in on some of these main projects I've got going." Blah blah blah, and I'm like, I'm back there. I'm I'm adding input, and it's this weird confluence of how did I get in here? <laughs> in, in the back of Abraham's basement, Abraham's army's basement, essentially. And uh, so it's just, it just was weird for me. It's weird for me. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not used to it. No. I'm there in the moment, and I'm being there. I'm being present, aware, all that stuff. Because I'm, you know, you can't, like, you can't bail out. There's no ripcord. <laughs> you know, like, you can and make a total dick out of yourself, but, 
you know <laughs> yeah i mean and people do whatever it becomes too much it's, but like for me it's, it's, it's the thinking it's about it part that's the thing that gets me or the aftermath the aftermath is like did that just happen that just happened mm -hmm. that just happened that's usually where i'm at i don't i don't think too hard yeah, no, I'm, I'm both i'm both i'm both before and after <laughs> but during i'm i'm like a cool as a cucumber you know you wouldn't know you wouldn't know i wouldn't yeah. know i'm not there <laughs> okay <laughs> All right, so with that, everybody, we have just reached the end of our coverage of The Walking Dead Season 9, our best clips, uh, and everything in between and just after. So thank you so much for joining us. Uh, and thank you for joining us, period, uh, on Squawking Dead, yes, uh, Rachel. Thank you. What a wonderful addition. Like I said, it's like the dream team. Three of us are like the dream team. And, um, you know, and anybody who else decides to pile on makes it better. It's like a little little topping on the ice cream. But, like, you know, the ice cream's what you want, right? The ice cream, little triple swirl. The triple swirl of Carol. <laughs> Carol, Rachel, and Dave. <laughs> CRD. What does it mean? Civic Republic Dave, 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 Terry? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Stop being right. <laughs> Again. Judy? Which we'll see soon. If you like what okay. you heard, head to makethispodcast.com make slash squawking dead. Five stars and eggplants is all we need. I haven't said that in a long time. Uh, and if you like what we're doing even more, like enough. First of all, you've already went out of your way to rate us. Second of all, if you like us even more than that, head to ko-fi.com slash squawking dead. It's a means to support us. It's less than a cup of coffee. If you buy if you buy us one coffee, you get 30 days of access to all the exclusive links, the recording schedules, unedited video of this content, uh, and previous content too. All the rants, all the things that left get left on the cutting floor, all the un-PC shit that we say all the time, obviously because we're monsters. Enjoy. Now, if you subscribe to a coffee a month, that party keeps rolling. You don't lose access. But more than anything else, Head over, create an account, and just follow us. You don't have to spend any money to actually get in the know of what's going on because we don't cross-post some of our uh, exclusive posts over to social media. It's too much of a pain in the ass. Just, just follow us there. You, you'll get the know. You'll be on the inside in a way. And then if you decide to you see something you might like, just hit us up with one, one coffee. You'll get access to that and everything else in the past. So it's a win-win. With that, we'll see you in our coverage of our best clips of Fear the Walking Dead Season 5. I love it. I love it. Thank you guys for coming. We'll see you soon. <laughs> Thank <Ugh>. you. Bye! <laughs>